Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and happy labor day welcome to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast it is episode number 144 here on monday september the 2nd 2019 hope you are having a three-day weekend and if you're not hopefully we can help you get through your day a little quicker as we romp you through the world of retro wrestling i'm joe Morata. that is hard working michael quinn how you doing there michael Howdy doody. How you been there, sir? You're still working hard on that Anderson still account, working eh? working very hard. Spending um, your days. I, I'm looking forward to this Labor Day. Yeah, the Labor. I've, I've been laboring. You, you have been laboring, This is a man. day for me. This is laborers. a day for you. <laughs> it really is. And folks, thank you so much. Hopefully it's not labor to uh, listen to us romp you through the world of retro wrestling. You know what? If this isn't hard work for you, why don't you go over to Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can follow us there on our quest to 10,000. We're going to release for free for everybody our WrestleMania 3 Patreon quest review. Quest for 10,000. It's a, it's a long oh, quest. Oh, it's a... It's a we are, we're only at the 20-something something. as of press yeah. time. But, uh, so it's going to be a while, but, but hey... we're playing the long game on this one. The long game. We, long. we rarely play the long game. We play the short game <laughs> yeah. a little bit more, but this is the long game. Playing lawn darts. Yeah. Uh, so you can follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast for a lot of fun video clips and things like that. Yep. You can also email us if you need to at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we can also go to ovppodcast.com for everything I just want to mention. Aha. Uh-huh. And if you want to talk to us and a bunch of other retro wrestling fanatics, you can go to the uh, middle school lunch table of retro wrestling groups when it's over on Facebook. Yeah, facebook.com slash Bobby Walker. It's a good site. It works hard. And it's very excellent. Um, over there, there's a search bar that works hard as well. It does. Oh, um, it works. In that search bar, you type in our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast. Beep, bap, boop. Dusty works hard with Walker and then it makes the Kaflui. Kaflui. Kaflui happens and you're and then in. that's it. You're in the group. Yeah. It's fun. You hit the join button and you're in. <laughs> and we talk there about retro wrestling. You talk about the current product too if you want to. Uh, but the whole point is that uh, we're nice to each other and we don't tear each other down and get on each other for our opinions. It's just opinions. We Unless just, you're Doc. If you're Doc Hendricks and you're in the group, you're going to get yeah, you're gonna Sorry. some problems there. I am warning Doc Hendricks yeah, don't. in case he's listening today in his you know fancy outfits, his New Orleans garb. Pointing to his chin, of course. Yeah. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, if you come over to the group, whether you've been a fan for a really long time, or maybe you're just getting into wrestling, or you're just re-getting into wrestling, whether you only like WWF, or you like all of the stuff, come over to our Facebook group. It's a fun time, and we'll just hang out, and we'll just talk about stuff. And it's, it's personally, I think it's fun. I it's think it's the, a really it's fun the, group. It's the funnest. I think it really is, though. Seriously. It's the funnest group on the internet. Is what That's what the <laughs> critics are saying. That's the award that we've won. Yeah. Uh, yes, and a little bit later on in the show, uh, we'll have some information on Patreon. We do have one. It's got some exclusive stuff in there that you might want to check out. You can go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But Quinn, this season, what we're doing is something kind of as a, I guess, a reward for the fans, kind of a thank you to the fans for thank you for being a fan. You should uh, <laughs> do something with your audio magic on that. Bro. I don't know what you're talking about. We are counting down to episode number 150 this season. That'll be coming up in October. And that'll be three years, which we keep saying is a long time. 
Yeah, three years is a long Andre time. Andre always said Andre that. the Giant would. You know, we concur with that. We do. We that, agree. That is a big fact. It is. So what we've been doing, we've been taking a one question or one request, basically, per person, putting it into a wheel, and spinning that wheel every single season live on the show. And we're going to pick whatever that wheel lands on and talk about it for the opening segment. Okay. And it actually has its own theme and everything. It's called Wheel You Stop. Does this involve Vanna White? Yeah, Vanna's here. Look at her. There she is. is. Hi. Hi. I'm in my living room. (laughs) I like Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So uh, there's some fantastic prizes here for you, the fans, because whatever we land on, we are going to talk about, and maybe even a brand new car. I'm not sure. It's usually pretty funny, too. I mean, the fans are laughing. Yucking it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, no Wink Martindale to be found here, but quit very around. winky, <laughs> very winky. <laughs> Why don't we give the old uh, wheel a spin here and find S- out? Spin it, make the deal, uh, wheel it up. Yeah, we'll have to just find out just what we will be talking about as we spin the wheel. You want to spin a corner? You want me to do it? Uh, I'll do it. Okay. Okay. Ugh. All right. Okay. Wow. Okay. We're spinning. We're spinning. Uh, let's see what we got. Who's landed on? And it is landing on Pat Ray. Uh, okay. The Patster. Patster. The Patster wants. Ooh. Oh, Quinn. Longtime fan. Longtime. That's actually very true. I think he found us in 2016. He's been around. So this is perfect for him because it's the three year countdown we're doing. And he right, was there right. in the beginning. Oh, this is amazing. On the case. Aha. Uh-huh. That was an old segment we did. Give the music. I think I did. Murder, yeah, yeah murder, I think I did. Whatever it is. Uh, I have to dig that up. Yeah. On the case, Bret Hart versus Sean in real life. Okay, huh. so okay, I get I get what so, he's going for. Okay, why don't you explain? Because I'm purely a layman. Okay, well, I don't me, understand syntax as well. Let me explain the um. You know, Quinn and I a while back had a job as private detectives, private wrestling investigators. It's very hush hush. And we had to get onto the uh, to the bottom of all these you know mysteries in wrestling. Very G and <laughs> very G. Let's see. Uh, let's go to on the case here, and we'll hear what our uh, our voiceover guy has to say about it. Okay. You're on the case. <laughs> on the case. You're on the case. You're Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels okay. are two of the most uh, renowned technical wrestlers in the WWF. But for a long period of time in the 1990s, until almost present time, they hated each other. Why? Quinn and I decided to get on the case. What? <laughs> what was that voiceover about? So, okay. Thank you, Pat Ray. See, the On The Case music is very good, actually. Yeah. I forgot about how good that theme was. So, Quinn, we are uh, on the case here about Brett and Sean. Right. We're on it. We're on. We're standing on the case, so right? tell me, um, a detective, what the case <laughs> is. Well, a lot of people, I guess, this is what I'm assuming Pat Ray is going for. And if you're not Pat, I'm sorry, but yeah. <laughs> on the case, Brett versus Sean, real life. You got to you got to go to the office yourself and really, yeah, you know, tell well, the like detective. A magnifying glass and looking for the clues and everything. See a lady in a hat with a cigarette. Yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, Samu, of course, yeah, is always Samu watching. Samu in the corner. Brett and Sean obviously had a storied rivalry on screen and off screen. And um, I think in a lot of ways... It's been built up to be something it wasn't, uh, you know, as that's if true. as if they've always hated each other. But I don't think that's really the case. So quote you, unquote. You base, so you read Brett's book, and it seems to be that there was generally they were friends, friendly I'd, competitors, friendly competitors until about the time of wrestling with shadows, essentially. For the yeah, most part. this is the thing. Okay, here's like the lore version that used to circulate and probably still does in some people's minds. The lore is that they never liked each other. 
yeah. that they were always mad at each other throughout 1996 and 7. back to the rope-breaking incident and all that. <laughs> right. like, I, that's what I've heard, is people are like, you know, he's mad at him since then or whatever. Yeah. During these, one of the falls, the rope broke, the top rope broke. And we were sitting there like, hey, this is, you know, sorry, I made a bill. What do we do? Oh, it was just, it was brutal. It was brutal, 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 start to finish. Truthfully, from everything I've read about Brett, about Sean, what they've said in interviews, what they said in that fucking DVD with JR, you know? Yeah, that's true. We're uh-huh. yeah. sitting on a chair with Sean and Brett. Is that it was like, you know, Sean and I just, we wouldn't want to, we wanted to be better than the dinosaurs that were out there. They couldn't right. have a good match. That was kind of the common goal, <laughs> yeah. right? Between and Sean's like, yeah, I, you know, wrestle, you know, yeah, basically. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. That's basically what he says. To me, it was more important that Brett went to, you know, the WWE Championship to to see that, like, okay, I think they're they're finally making an acknowledgement that us other guys can go. And to a large extent, I think they had a the same mentality when they came up in their respective tag teams and then went solo, that they were uh, young, they were hungry, they were different, they were out to prove that there was... Um, there was something to be enjoyed in the WWF beyond, and there's nothing wrong with, but beyond Hulk Hogan matches. Macho Man. Macho Man, even Ultimate Warrior. Right. These older guys that, again, nothing wrong with. I like those guys. And uh, mainly the thing that they always said, I know this, is that the the size of the competitor, that was yes. a, a big thing in their brains about, like, oh, you didn't have to be, you know, two. 70 and yeah it's six four six six or whatever right yeah and they kind of set out to bring the best of the high flying and the technical right to the to wwf the, to the forefront to the forefront of the excellence of the world wrestling federation sometimes the five front but yeah, usually right. the forefront usually the four generally four not three anyway don't mess around with the three no <laughs> silly puns aside the lore is that you know they just didn't like each other but from what i've understood even wrestlemania 12 which a lot of people thought brett was legit pissed about losing that's because it's wrestling. That was called a work. Well, the only thing he was pissed about was he's like, you know, they had me run on the ice and then that, lose to my dad yeah, or whatever. Brett was a little too meticulous, I guess, about the way he... But nevertheless, I'm like not going to stand here... That was like or something who oversaw the filming Pritchard, of that. Yeah, yeah, it was. I'm not going to defend Brett and I'm not going to attack Sean on this. You know, I yeah. think that's... We'll look at it objectively. But at the same time, they were not mad even at no! wrestling. Like, that was all like they were like working together like yes. oh, you know let's make it real like yeah, and, yeah ooh, let's do it like you know <laughs> that's probably what happened and Brett gives and and gave even at the height of him hating him Brett gave Sean all the credit in the world for that match you know he's the best athlete uh, you know, I kept up with that little bastard, you yeah. know, and <laughs> like, it worked out so much. Just yeah. Keep up with Sean with that, which is that's Brett putting him over, basically saying like, but yeah, yeah, like, like, like he, he worked his ass off to keep up with Sean. Right. That's the point he's trying to make. Sean was the athlete. Brett yes. was the technician. So, you know, it gave him all the credit in the world. They had a great match. That whole thing was worked when he came back in late 96 and they started sniping at each other. But Shawn Michaels, you haven't learned anything from Jose Lothario. You certainly haven't learned anything about respect and integrity. That was still worked. Still part of the gimmick. Yes, you were supposed to think that they hated each other in real life. Right. Now, did they like each other like best friends? No, but they were like, they were co-workers where you just tolerate each other. Right. Yeah. But, <laughs> but where did the breakdown come, Joe? Because a couple the, of the, things. The, the, yeah, because this is the whole, this is the whole murkiness. Right. It's like, is there a specific point? A handful of things yeah. that I know of. And again, if I'm wrong, folks, let me know. We're, yeah. we're, we're amateur wrestling detectives. Uh-huh. We, we might not have every single fact. That's you true. can let us know. If you have a hot tip, you can call our tip hotline at right. OVP Podcast well, on Twitter. You know, in the world of wrestling, <laughs> they generally like to not give us the facts right. at all. <laughs> right. So. so a lot of digging here. 
But from what I understand, only a couple of things really uh, annoyed each person. Uh, one was Brett thought Sean was faking his knee injury because he wrestled soon after it. Right. Uh, whether or not other people thought that, I don't know. It's been Has said. Has never been confirmed if there was legitimately a knee injury? But Sean was I don't like, know. like, I've always suspected, maybe this is just the Sean fan of me, but I've always suspected that, yes, there probably was a doctor yes. who said, your knee is bad. You, you should retire. not wrestle. Correct. You should retire. I and believe he probably that. Use those words, even though he had no plans of retiring, Correct. and that he was still generally pretty capable. Yes, of, of doing things. That's a fair way to look at it. Quinn. But I, it's possible that a doctor actually said to him, "Don't do this. It's not good for your knee." That's what he says. Yeah, yeah. I, I I believe I, that. Yeah. I don't believe that he needed to retire, and no. I think he knew that he didn't need to. But he thought, I'll "I think milk it was convenient." Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that was one thing I know legit pissed Brett off from what he said. I also know that Sean didn't appreciate Brett uh, accusing him of faking it. Sean did not appreciate Brett <laughs> having issues with him being pilled up, even yeah. though why would you want to work with someone and deal with someone that was on pills throughout, you know, an entire yeah, but, year? But the thing is also, Sean, with the drug thing, Sean has fully, like, been like, yeah, I was having yeah, problems. Right. Like, I'm sorry. Like, but just at the time, you know, Sean was in a different right. frame of mind. Uh, and I obviously know that the irony, and this is still persists to this day, because Brett's come clean about a lot of nefarious things and extramarital uh, affairs and concupiscence and things like that, right. but he did not appreciate uh, Sean insinuating that he was um, fucking sunny. Even though lately you've had some sunny days, my friend. The irony is that Sean was all throughout that right, time, right, right. which is funny. I don't know why. Which has been admitted. Was that more him sniping at Brett's extramarital affairs? And he was just, he was like, well, me and Sonny are dating while and I just use I don't her. Know. You know what I mean? I don't and, know. And on top of all of this, was that, can I ask a question? Because yeah. I'm trying to think of the timeline now. That's mid-97. Was that a response to the knee injury thing? Probably. Like, was that like, well, if he's going to say that I'm faking that, yeah, I'm gonna take a snipe at his extramarital yeah, affairs. It basically like, just yes, it got a it little escalated. Basically, it went from being in character and bordering on seeming very real to just flat out saying things about each other. Right, Brett always insisted. You know, I was only attacking the character of Shawn Michaels, but both Brett knew what the fuck he was doing too. Right, he's not so, stupid. He's not infallible, as they say. <laughs> no, but yeah. at, at the same time, Shawn and Brett were both being immature grown men. It just kept escalating, and, but, <laughs> yeah, I, actually, but it was a hot I, feud, right, so it was tough. I, now that I think of the timeline now, though, would you say that it probably started with the the knee injury snipe, then escalated to the extramarital affair snipe, and then just kind of like snowballed yeah. after that? Like, And I also know that Sean in early 97, I think it was, was pissed at Brett. Remember the, the famous moment where... Brett kept on talking and talking, and Sean finally just super kicked him in the face. Not, I think it was out of his wheelchair, yes, but it was I, the heat. I yeah. think it was that one, right? right? I think that was the moment, but there was an earlier one also. Either way, whether whichever one it was, Brett talked too long and missed his cue, and Raw went off the air, so they had to replay that moment on Superstars and other recap shows. Sean thought Brett did that on purpose. Brett uh, insisted that he just didn't hear the cue. I don't know. Uh, so things like that, these little things where if you've ever worked with anyone, folks... And you don't really care for them, but you you respect their ability. You think they're good at their job. You think they're good at their job, but things they do annoy you. Right. I think it just kind of escalated from there, and it just turned personal. So there's all these little things, yeah, like the cue and all that. The cue, yeah. and then the accusations, and obviously the big fight in June of '97. I think it was Hartford, Connecticut, the locker room fight. Was that legitimate? Yes. Okay. Um, where 
Brett's side of the story is, and I don't know what Sean's is, truthfully, is that he um, just said hi to Sean and they got into an argument and Brett had his bad knee and Sean got punched and, and I his hair ripped out. I've, no, I've, I've noticed that the Patterson's always a good source because he was handling them as far as the... Uh, what what is the that? backstage? The, yeah, what is the handler? What do they call them again? Agent. The agent. Yeah. Patterson was the exclusive agent for the two of them. Which I don't blame them. But, and for, I think that was by design. Yeah, by I this, would think so, right? Because Patterson was trusted to take care of that. You did in a fucking ring, right? So like Patterson has a lot of insight, and I think he's mentioned before about how you know sometimes stuff, especially with Sean, would hold it in more or something. I think is what he said, and sometimes yeah. Sean would. It would boil over, right. and then like Brett would come up to him and say hi casually, and Sean would be like, "Well, that's what that's like, basically what happened in that case." Yeah, and then Sean walked out for a while. Right, he came back a little bit later. Uh, you know, he said it's an unsafe working environment or whatever. And then I think another thing is that SummerSlam time comes, and you can see traces of this in Wrestling with Shadows. Brett, I think, was resentful towards Sean that they now made him the top heel. But that's not, unless, and whether that was Sean's idea or not, that's Vince decided to do that. That's, yeah, that's the workers sh- don't have a, a, a say in the where the story goes. Well, uh, again, Brett would say that Sean did, and a lot of people would say that Sean and the Click had influence. How, how, can I ask a question, actually, yeah. just to just to attack, not even attack, just to kind of criticize that viewpoint that the Click yeah. had some kind of influence or whatever? Yeah. Is, how is that known? Because uh, wrestlers it, have said it. But what I'm Quinn. saying is, is it just because of the evidence of what happened, or is it like how is it not known that Vince just thought their ideas were better? Like you know what I mean? Oh, because I'm not saying that that's not the yeah, truth. Like ultimately, it's Vince hears ideas from all sides. Sure. and he makes a decision. Like, I agree. No, I I think it's a combination. I think right. there's truth to all sides of that. It's the same way of saying, well, you know, Steve Austin clearly had influence, right? When you're right. a top person simultaneously, yeah, at the yeah. click too. So it's not like the click just could be like. Steve Austin's losing and Bret Hart's losing and you know, right. They can't a, do and, that. Yeah, it's not like that. But they can be annoying to the point where Vince gives in, or they can be persistent to the point where Vince right. gives in, whether it is a good idea or not. That's and the I, only thing. Yeah. All, another thing I just want to be fair to those guys is they live the business, and there is a reason why they were so smart. I want to give them credit because they would talk about how they would go on these trips and they would spend hours mapping out how yeah. like the whole promotion should go like in, in a car and then proposing what they thought to Vince. Which they did do. Yeah. Uh, and Vince obviously put some stock into their opinions and into Brett's and into Austin's. The people on the top that are buttering your bread are the ones you got to listen to. Right. Why do you think he put up with Hogan? Right, exactly. You know, I mean, that's who you listen to. But nevertheless, uh, Brett didn't like being kind of shunted into that stupid-ass mediocre feud with the Patriot and all that crap I, after I, SummerSlam. I still don't know what that was about. It was bad. Who, like, does anybody know, like, what even... JR brought, brought the Patriot in. Oh, that was a JR. I figured give him one last shot there, you know, yeah. in America and blah, 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 but it made sense in theory, but it was horrible for Brett. That's a JR special yeah, right there. That's a JR spe- yeah, that's a JR special. Yeah, he was VP of Talent Relations. He oh, brought him boy. in. But nevertheless, by the time we get to Survivor Series, what's kind of not really ever focused on is that... Brett and Sean were on, like, speaking terms and everything. Like, they were good enough to work together at Survivor Series. It wasn't like they were ready to kill each other in real life. Well, yeah, and actually, as a viewer at the time... So, here's the thing, is that I was not fully understanding that Brett was going to go to WCW afterwards. Yeah, we were 12 years old, 11 years old. Right, and so I remember going into that thinking, oh, this is just another, 
step in the feud of Bret Hart and Trump. I right. didn't think it was like supposed to be the end. Right. And then you get to the show and JR's being like, eh, it might be the last time <laughs> Bret Hart and Trump. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> I don't under, like, what is he talking about? Right, like, I don't right. understand. Where is all this speculation? Right. It's like speculators are saying, it's like, what? We um, didn't, they didn't even talk about this before. <laughs> yeah, we hadn't heard anything, right? Yeah. Unless you were on the internet at the time, you know, the dirt sheets and all that. But yeah, they were on good enough terms to work together. And obviously, Brett uh, held it against Sean for longer than he did against Vince about the whole Montreal screw job. Which, I look, without getting into who was right or wrong, okay? Brett held it against Sean for far too long, I think, when it was Vince's decision. Vince's decision. That's the only it thing. also wasn't even Sean's idea, if you recall. It was uh, Paul Horse's. Uh, it, it, yeah, yeah it, but like five people have claimed responsibility for this Paul yeah. Horse, Vince Russo, Jim Cornette. Yeah, all these people. None of them are Shawn Michaels. No, no. Whether you agree with it or not, I happen to still have my own thought. We're not going to get into it here because it's going to open up a whole can of worms. Right. Whether you agree with what happened or not, I hope we can all agree that Bret Hart really, like, if he wanted to be mad at Shawn, be mad at Shawn for a while. But he he forgave Vince like five years before he forgave Shawn. He forgave Hebner first, if you recall. Like, he called him up and he's like, you know, I think he was was in the worst situation, so I didn't really blame him. Like, he he says that. He looked at me with tears in his eyes. Yeah. He he looked at me with tears in his eyes that he was sorry. But anyway, that he was sorry. But anyway, (laughs) um, with Brett and Shawn reuniting in 2010 and occasionally, you know, making these appearances together, they seem to finally be the fuck on good terms. Thank God. God, because when you really boil it down and before we get out of here, at the end of the day, you know what it was? It was two men that were very competitive in within their profession, not just with each other. They were both driven. They both thought very highly of their own abilities Mm -hmm. and of each other's abilities. They were like Ken and Ryu almost. It was just like, yeah, they were very equal. They were very, very equal. And they just acted immature for like a year. Right, that's they had all a bad that period. They had like a bad period, and it got like extended because like one incident, one incident drew it out for yeah. like ten years or whatever. They had philosophical differences about the way things should work in the business and their own personal lives, but that's nothing new in a workplace. Right, that happens all the time. It just got overblown and overdramatized, and they had this concurrent like on-screen feud that wasn't really their off-screen feud. Yeah, you know, like not everything it's you true. saw on screen was real. Right, just some there of it was. Some was. things, but yeah. it wasn't like. 100% of it. Right. It's not like there was some point what? where they just were like, it's all real right. now. No, like, no, no. <laughs> like Survivor Series, that's called a wrestling match. That was cooperation until the very end. Yeah. They were just, they were working together like co-workers. Right, exactly. So anyway, uh, Pat Ray, that's a very good question. Yeah, and I like that one. That was a very good, good one. one. And if you want to suggest something, remember, one per person, email ovppodcast at gmail.com for your chance to enter the question wheel, the wheel you stop. Uh, but Quinn, when we come back, we are taking another two of the worst finishers in wrestling out of the septic tank. We're going to rank them. It is the royal flush of finishers, and it is coming up right after this. We're there at Hartford for Raw and I've come out of one of the offices, I've been making some notes or whatever, and here comes Steve Lombardi, Brooklyn Brawler. Holy shit, Sean and Brett just got in a fight. I'm like, what the fuck? Come to find out. Um, apparently Lawler is in the locker room, in the stall, in the toilet, taking a shit. And he's got his tights down around his ankles, and he hears 
I don't know whether Brett was in in the in the room and Sean walked in or the other way around, but one of them said something to the other one. The other, I think probably Sean opened his mouth first. Usually, I don't, but I don't want to ascribe quotes to people. I don't know what was said, but it was like, oh yeah, yeah, and all of a sudden you hear boom, boom, boom. Now Lawler's sitting on a toilet with shit on his ass, and he's like, oh, they've gone down and they're scrapping. He's like, oh shit, what the fuck? And he gets this fucking tights. I don't know the history is not recorded whether the king wiped first. From Harley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Happy Labor Day, hopefully for you. Hopefully it's mm-hmm. a three-day weekend. If it's not, we're here to keep your day moving here, baby. Here on the uh, here on the OVP, baby. Mongo, baby. <laughs> it's my Mongo impression. Yeah, it's Mongo. Uh, it's episode number 144. It's uh, September 2nd. And Quinn, before we get into the uh, worst finishers here, we do have some great content over on the Patreon. Yes, patreon.com slash OVP podcast would be the website for that. The web URL. URL Worldwide yeah. Web. Uh, Universal Resource Local. Locator, I believe. Aha. Uh-huh. Thank yes. you very much. Boy, you really read your uh, WWW <laughs> manual there. Just call me Tim Berners Lee, if you yeah. will. Thank you, you very you much. The World Wide Web. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, enough nerding around here. If you go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast, there's three rewards tiers, and they are rewarding because for $2 a month, you get to see the live video of every single Monday show being made. Like, literally now, if you go to the thing, you can see me saying this in video form. It's unbelievable. It really They're is. seeing us right I can't now. Believe They're seeing it. our new doc picture. <laughs> We do have a picture of Doc with his chin, his yep. chin picture, yep. uh, right behind Quinn. The chin and Quinn connection over there. Yep, it's here. It's to, right It's there. here to stay. I wish it was better in the frame, but you can see enough of it. You can see enough of it. So that's $2 a month, though. Every single Monday, you get a video. It has exclusive content from before and after the show and in the breaks and anything that might hit the cutting room floor. If you upgrade to $3 a month, you're going to keep those Monday videos every single, every single episode. But every other Friday, you're going to get Quinn and I as we live review WWF Championship Wrestling. And now we're in 1983. Wow. We did I, all of 82. I can't believe it, honestly. Yeah, it's great. It's so exciting. And, you know, now, which is really nice on the Patreon site, I should mention this because there's so many of them. There's this nice featured uh, tag thing where yes. basically, like, we've collected all the footage, basically everything we've ever did for each tier. And you can easily click on it and, yep. and get to see if, you know, no, if you're just signing up now, you can go back and watch all of it. Yeah, we have one tag for live reviews, so you can click that and you'll one get every single raw footage. Raw footage, you click that, you get every single thing. Yeah, and one tag for the for third the five, tier. Yep, five dollar tier. That is the pay per view reviews, which we've been doing uh, since the beginning of the year. We're going through every single WWF pay per view, and uh, this month coming out is going to be WrestleMania four. Now, what these are? These are full length reviews the same style the same way that we do this free monday weekly show it's an entire show dedicated to a particular pay-per-view in order and uh, we've done wrestlemania 3 like we mentioned at the top of the show that'll be coming out for free for everybody once we hit that twitter follower goal but nevertheless if you want to get your hands on all of this patreon content five dollars a month gets you literally everything that we have done and will do yep. on patreon we don't go higher than five bucks hey and that includes commentaries yes there's all archives sorts of all, all sorts of nonsense that we've done over the years yeah. on patreon so. it's a lot of stuff for just five bucks a month check it out get tested out maybe patreon.com slash ovp podcast we really do think it's a good value and we think you'll like it it's kind of like the ovp on demand there you go ovp 24 yeah. 7 yeah because <laughs> that's what we should change got it enough to. content there yeah uh, and we get it if you're the type of person that doesn't donate to podcast or doesn't want to donate to this podcast believe me it is okay 
But Quinn, we're doing the worst finishers, right? It's a royal flush. Sure, it's the worst. It is the worst. Now, if you're new to the show, what the royal rankings and royal flush are is before the season starts, we collect from you fans a list of your top 10 and bottom 10 of anything. And for this season, it was finishers. So what we do is once the voting ends, we take the top 10 of everything goes into the final ranking pool. Pule. And And every week, Quinn and I pull out two names and we rank them. Until, by the end of the season, we have the definitive OVP, non-GMO, organically certified, scientifically ranked, best and worst finishers of all time. It's a lot of... It's a lot of uh, adjectives. Yeah, a lot of modifiers, describing things. Criteria. Yeah, criterion. Uh, Criterion. But this week, it is the flush, which is the worst. So we've only got two names on the board so far. At number one, the worst finisher of all time right now. The Heart Punch. Congratulations, Heart Punch. You've sucked so bad that you've made it to number one this early on. And number two, the Canadian Destroyer. Which I, I don't agree with. Quinn is the only one that likes it, apparently. No, it's I'm good. sure other people like it. It's, it's not that good. It's a great finish. It is It is uh, physics-defying, but nevertheless, those are the two on the board right now. Let's go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the moves quinn flushing it's very flushing out hey uh every we, every week those the toilets, toilets just they, they're still going we need, we need to get some drano around here please turn those damn toilets off all right so we're gonna be ranking two more i'm very excited to pull these out of the tank quinn because you know they're gonna be the best of the best tank clearly shit yes tank uh, abbott all right so why don't is we, his finisher on there what was his finisher the royal flush the royal no, goatee yeah. all right why don't we all go find out who drew Number three. And eventually the hand locked into a deformed position. He was left with nothing but a claw. Okay. The iron claw. Yeah. Or the claw hole. The face claw. Some of you WCCW folk yep. might find this okay, but I don't. I... Okay. The claw was, I guess, either invented or pioneered by Fritz von Erich, who... What a pioneer. <laughs> right up there with David Crockett. Did he get dysentery? <laughs> <laughs> was he able to get over the lake with his oxen or whatever? <laughs> he had a uh, he had what a German gimmick when he started, and he was yeah. a big heel. And uh, apparently, Germans like to claw your face. I didn't know. You think he knew the Baron by any chance? Which Baron is that? You know the Baron of what Malta, whatever. What's no, I just call him the Germany Baron. and and Malta are not Baron, the same. Baron McKelsey. He might have known sorry. Baron von Roschka. Well, he stinks. I don't, I don't like him Maybe as much as Baron Mikel Sakluna. Von Kaiser. Yeah. But anyway, the claw hold is a hold where you put your hand on your opponent's face. And in theory, in theorem, what are you doing in them making their temples hurt? To me, it's like... What are you doing like, in all you know seriousness? You crushes head crusher thing or whatever? Oh, which sucks, yeah. It's that with like one hand. It's like you're palming a basketball, but it's their head. This guy could palm a Buick. Yeah. Uh, this is... um. 
not a favorite hold of mine, but most holds that result in no impact are not favorites of mine, Quinn. So, and this is one of them. Here's the one thing they always try with this stupid hold that I've always noticed is they try to have the guy that receives it like he kind of sits on his butt so that something will like like when he falls over from it, like they try to make it like yeah, impact. Or yeah, whatever, right. Like, like something happens. Yeah, it's it's usually shitty. Apparently, it's supposed to be applying pressure to all parts of your face. Now, I'm not saying. Okay, let's be real here. Mm-hmm. I've never had someone do this to me. Nor do I want an angry German man doing this to me. No. Or a Von Erich, well, for that matter. I, f- I feel like this has some mechanical problems, this whole, first of all. Let's hear it, Quinn. Because what, for example, right, if you're Fritz Von Erich and you're fighting, mm-hmm. say, Andre the Giant, how I the don't fuck know that is that the, how the, I'm just saying, like, if the guy's head is huge, like, how the hell is this ever supposed to work? Well, Quinn, first of all, there's only one Andre the Giant, and second yeah, of all... big people in wrestling besides a- Andrew... Yeah, no. I know. Besides Andrew, what about um, what about the cowboy guy that tried to fight him before? Blackjack Mulligan. Yeah, him. He's pretty big. Yeah, but you just I'm use just two hands. Boing. You don't. Boing. Do you it. can do two hands. It's not called the claws. It's called the claw. Claw okay? grip. Yeah. There is a double-handed version. You're allowed to. <sighs> Either way, that shouldn't be a thing. That's why this is stupid. Now, the other thing, I think Baron Von Roschka, didn't he do the claw as well? Yeah, he'd be like, like and he'd put the <laughs> hand up in the camera and make a weird face. And actually, Quinn, now that you mention it, didn't Black Jack Mulligan do the claw on those fucking 82s actually, that we used to watch? You're right, he did. When they put the big censored X in front of it. But what happens when a big guy fights another big guy and then, like, their hand isn't big enough? You kick That's him what in I the don't dick, understand. And you don't use it, I guess. You know what I mean? It's just, it's got problems. That's your only point. problem with it? I well, think this might be a good move. Wait, I don't think it's good. What if it hurts? I'm not going to try Does it Does it you. hurt, though? Like, here's the, here's the other thing. Does it actually hurt? Well, okay. If you think about your your uh, your temples, right? Uh-huh. There is... They are sensitive. There's nerve holds that you can put on, and if you hit the right part of the neck, you can, Yeah, I think you could actually legit hurt someone here's with this. Here's the problem, though, No, this Joe. is a good move, Quinn. Here's my problem. What? The way they do it, they act like they can't breathe or something. Not that their, like, temples hurt. No, they don't act like they can't breathe. It just hurts. Are you sure about yeah, that? Yeah, and then they quit. Because usually they put their hand over their mouth or whatever. No, it's it's the, it hurts, so they quit. Bobby Brown has quit. He's called it a night. That's it. He's digging in there. Fritz von Erich. I'm pretty know. sure that's what it I is. Just, I, a lot of this, a lot of this is. Why is it so like questionable? What that's do you mean? another thing. It's like why? It's like confusing. What does this hurt? Like your, the fact your, that I, your face. The fact that though, as a fan, I have to think about that kind of makes it shitty also well you don't have to think too hard you see a guy put his hand on someone's face and you're just like oh it hurts him huh i don't know it's not great i'm not saying it's great i'm just saying it might not be as bad as i thought okay is there is there anything good about it (laughs) well that's it's realistic that you can do it to almost anybody whereas like a canadian destroyer and we'll get to ranking you need cooperation you need to defy gravity and things like that this doesn't look good though no it doesn't look good i'll give you that but Anyone, like literally, I could walk up to you and do it to you, and if I catch you off guard, I'm already doing it to you. I don't really need your cooperation. What are you calling it? Like the diamond cutter? It's all like I could do. Yeah, Ironclaw out of nowhere, yeah. right? But truthfully, right? Uh, it's also worth mentioning, folks. All of the Von Erichs used it. In yep. case you need to see someone well, use they it, inherited it from their daddy, from Fritzy. Yeah, yeah. from their pappy. Their pat. <laughs> Russell like your pappy. Be <laughs> Russell like your pappy. Remember when Vader said the pappy? Yeah, remember. <laughs> All right, so I like my pappy. Uh, pappy, you want to be like pappy? <laughs> How 
have we not? Like, we've forgotten about that. I have. I need to rip that sound clip. Yeah. Like you wrestle like a pappy. I accept the fact that you don't be a wrestler like your pappy. It's amazing. All right. So, yeah, the claw, you asked me if there was anything good earlier. Yeah. That the only thing I got, I think, Quinn, is that it can be done to pretty much anybody except very large headed people. Which, of which there are very which, few. The thing, though, in wrestling that there exists, are few, though, there, that the, just the fact that there are any is like doesn't that yeah? But there's like a couple. I just mean that like Andre would Mike their ass, Mike. Yeah, which I never call you. You can't do a lot of finishing moves to really big people, though. That's true. Can't well, Undertaker never tombstone no fat guy. You can drop kick anybody. Is that a finisher in, 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 in the seventies, sixties, yeah, 60s. or if you're Jim Brunzel or uh, whoever the hell else, Bob Holly. That would be a good thing to talk about one day. Is just that like finishers that you can do to anybody. Yeah, because, uh, I'll tell you what though. The heart punch, even though <laughs> it's, it's uh, sitting atop the worst list, be interesting when we get to this ranking time because there's some. Well, you got to remember, folks. Scientific here. Yeah. So the criterion, uh-huh, criterion. It's a word that we develop is very highly fine tuned and specific to the categories. And oh yeah, I mean it's really been. Beakers have been used in Bunsen burners and all that. Yeah. So yeah, you have to trust it, honestly. <laughs> right. Petri dishes and everything. Yeah. You know, and the samples yeah. have been taken. It's true. Bodies have been broken. Yeah. I think I don't, my don't, about try, it. don't try this at home. Don't don't fucking don't try. Fucking do it. Don't rank this shit. You know, at there's home. like a new one. Mm. I saw it recently. Is there? This is like a side story, but I watched. Please, we need it. I watched some random main event on like the network because I was just curious like what is syndicated WE programming like in 2019 oh, the current main like, event. yeah sure and it was just like a bunch of like random matches from like people who you wouldn't expect like Lacey Evans was on it and I'm like Good. I thought she's like a main event woman like why is she on why not the main event like, why not you know what I mean but I anyway in the middle of it I saw like they have like a new don't try this at home and it's like it's more like tongue-in-cheek they're like, you wouldn't do this. You wouldn't do this. Wait, are you serious? A bunch of stupid things like, like oh, I don't know, like okay. blowing up a fucking yeah, car. Yeah, yeah, I got you. It's like, but don't do this. And then it shows wrestling. Again, things to try. <laughs> and things to watch. Try. Watch. Be smart. Be safe. Know what to try and what to watch. And please don't try this at home. But the end of the day, it just ends like, just don't do the fucking wrestling at your house. Don't basically. do the wrestling at your house. Yeah. The message is still the same, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, Quinn, the claw is a very inauspicious move. Oh, it stinks. I guess it was a big deal at the time in the 60s. It's like the heart punch. A lot of these bad moves seem like they developed in the like 60s when yeah. like, move finishers weren't really a thing yet. Or as much of a thing when when like body slams were near falls. Right, you know, like yeah. during periods of time like that were abdominal 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 <laughs> abdominal snowman. Where the yete. Do- yeah. Where the yete No, where abdominal stretches were um were finishing moves. It's right. during that era. But when they translated the later, like Carrie Von Erich used the claw and the discus punch, two shitty finishers. Right. Wow. In that, WWF. That is, that is a combination of shit right yeah, there. Yeah, it, exactly. It's just shitty, but that's all I got on it. There's not much. I don't think it's very good looking. There's really a, all you can say about it is you put their, your hand on their head. And allegedly, it's putting a lot of pressure on yeah. them. Again, I've had the sharpshooter done to me. I've had the figure four done to me. Uh, there's various other things. I had a friend who tried the, the, the claw thing on me, and... I didn't get it. Yeah, but you were kids. There's no strength yet. Yeah, you know he was what just I mean? putting his hand on my head, yeah, and, no. and I was like pretending so that yeah, you know different. the fake fans would think I was 
you know what fake fans oh the, the imaginary the, fans is this in the uh the, the wrestling league you were in yeah i mean you weren't when you were a kid you didn't have a fake wrestling league with your friend it was like two of you i, I might have yeah exactly. uh, so, <laughs> all right let's put the claw to the side now quinn yeah, enough with the claw enough with the claw I, there's not even much to talk about the claw no. it's so dumb well hopefully our next one quinn will have a lot more to talk about let's find out what drew number four Yeah, we have less to talk about, Quinn. It's the battering ram. (laughs) (laughs) So the battering ram is a move that the only people I can think of that used it a lot were the bushwhackers, and that's like... Fucking finishers And that's honestly, like, that should say all you need to know is, like, the bushwhackers used it. (laughs) Now, last week, we had our first tag finisher, which was the Uh Doomsday Device. Now we have our first tag toilet here. Yeah. So, Ew, a tag toilet. Yeah. A two-person toilet. Ew. Tag team toilet. Ew. Well, if you're facing away from each other, you can't really see. Yeah, but your butts are lined up then. No, but it's two toilets attached to each Still other. Still too close. Backsplash and things like that. No, Back-to-back toilets. I don't want I'm your ass water going on my crack. Yeah, well, it wouldn't because we'd have our own separate Is there holes. a divider? Well, the, the, the thing that holds the water for the flush is the divider. What type of weird vessel are we in where we need back-to-back toilets anyway? Maybe a submarine, and they need to have two so people can poop twice at the same time. Why are you and I on a submarine? I don't know. Do you think that exists? Do you think there's like a... Do you think there's back-to-back toilets on a sub? Like, just like... I don't. No, I don't think of, that's humane. For the humane. sake of space? No. Like... There's at least a stall, a divider, mm-hmm. a wall. Maybe. No, no, maybe. Uh, you don't have a lot of space in the... Maybe is there a, even a toilet in a sub? Like, how do people poop in a you, sub? They go, of course there's a toilet. There's one in the sky. There's got to be one underwater. You think? I, mean, I would hope. Not, sub, you're very restricted on space, honestly. So are you in a plane? Yeah, but even more so in a sub. True, but you got to have a hurl, a turlet. I'd like to know, like, the like the facilities of a submarine. Like, besides the... Obviously, there's, you know, where they shoot the torpedoes and where they pilot the thing, but where else? There's, like, there's quarters, obviously. Yeah, there's quarters. Like, but, you have like, to sleep. Where did, where did they poop, though? That's more fascinating. In the, in the porthole, in the now, bathroom. How, do, they, do you think when they flush that the poop goes in the ocean? No, they don't take a shortcut and put it right into the ocean. Well, what does it matter? Animals are pooping in the, in the ocean. It's got to go into some kind of tank first. Fitz, when is the drain a toilet? It's all pipes! What's the difference? You think? Maybe they dump it somewhere. Well, huh. they're already at the bottom of the ocean, right? That's what right? I'm saying. It's like, why, why, not just hit, go? why not just hit a button and suck the poop out? It, it's just go, like, the other animals are pooping in the to- in the big toilet that you know, is the if, ocean. What if they flush and it falls onto like a shark or something? And the well, shark gets all mad. What? It's a gigantic metal object. What is going to happen? Anyway, what are we talking about here? What I is believe this the battering ram. Yes, now, I mean, <laughs> it's as compelling as a toilet in a sub. <laughs> if you are an aqua enthusiast, let us know your thoughts on submarine sleeping conditions and, and more importantly, pooping conditions. Yes. What are they eating down there, too, is the other well, one? Well, you the gotta last... bring food with you, obviously. But what do you bring? Is it like when you go into space? Well, usually there's a there's a galley cook in a sub. I know that much. So that you're telling me that they have enough room for a galley, but you don't think they have a bathroom in there? I mean, it's a galley's probably like a nook where like a a one, nook. one fucking guy cooks food. Like, that's it. A nook and a cook. Yeah. Anyway, folks, the battering ram is a horrible move where one of the bushwhackers uh, rams their head into a guy what the other one like holds him in a side headlock and now, runs with him. You know what's sad? It sucks. For some reason, it's fucking horrible. when I'm thinking of this move, it's terrible. The, one of the only times I've ever seen the Bushwhackers besides on like Superstars do it on pay-per-view was yeah. when with the Rougeau's scratch the penis match like, thing. <laughs> 
Like, and that's like to me <laughs> all the battering ram. That's like the most premier battering ram usage of all time. <laughs> what did you call it? The scratch the penis. That's like, great. You, you know what I'm talking about. That's when, great. When Butch or Luke or it's one of them, one of them they, uh, they, scratches. Hi, why are you touching my dick? Yeah, I don't know if it's even done to Ray or Jacques. I can't. It's Jacques Rougeau. It's I probably think, right? Jacques. Because it's, Jacques it seems was like it the, should be the big Joker. They were yeah. probably ribbing him. More like Joke Rougeau. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> question is though they don't win the match with that Quinn they win yeah, with they the do. double stomach breaker don't they I've seen them win on superstars with the battering ram I thought that that's their finisher L- later I think I know they also use the double stomach breaker early on maybe they did I feel nevertheless like they associated with the battering they ram, are though. they yeah, are like that is definitely their finisher so let's describe it like we're doing radio here one of the bushwhackers holds the other one in literally a side headlock right, right. like a noogie headlock but they kind of like they're like in on it together, right? So yes. they're like they're winding each other up. They're like, uh, and then like they run legs into the guy. Yeah, that's it. It hurts, Jeff. <laughs> you get in the gut there. You get hit by Luke's head or whatever. I, the thing is, yeah, that would hurt. That would knock the wind right out well, of you. Would it though? Because here's my problem with it: is that I feel like the other bushwhacker is kind of cushioning the blow with his arm. Oh, true. Like so, just like a forearm to the gut. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You're never really getting hit with the head. Uh, the assumption is the momentum from the one that's like in the headlock is supposed to make it worse or something, right, but right. like it stinks. To me, it's like the definition of like a joke finisher, like the Cobra or whatever. Like, well, you know, yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Like, and it's it's kind of it's not supposed to look. The now, Bushwhackers are not intimidating in WF. No, a- a- anywhere else before they were the Bushwhackers, right. they were right. But in sheep w- herders, the in Kiwis, WF, they're literally supposed to be like kid friendly. Like that is the point. They're like a mascot tag team. Like that's like what they're supposed to be. Unfortunately, and like they literally became a mascot tag team in like '96 when they had a kangaroo. Right. Even though they're from New Zealand, not Which, Australia. Here's the thing: is after hearing not their Hall the of Fame speech and like kind of knowing like as an adult what their role was, I yeah. feel like they were very good at what they did. Like, the Bushwhackers in general were excellent at what they did. Yeah, right. for real. Whatever they were tasked with, they did a good job. But their finisher was like, it just added to the jokeness, right? And that's, I think, yeah. why people have such a problem with it. I agree. I think their finisher is very, it's very hokey. Um, it's not not supposed to be, though. That's the thing. It's yeah. like, it's supposed to be really, it's like, it's almost like a Nintendo finisher. Like, if, if I was to think of a move that you put in a Nintendo game, like, to me, that feels very, like, so goofy it's yeah. like it's like something super mario brothers would do or something right or so yeah yeah and it's also to me it kind of is the um the wrestling equivalent to like a pie in the face for a cheap laugh yeah it's just a very quick easy thing it's like oh he's holding the guy and they run into him it's like kids can relate to it kids it, can yeah. understand it it's like big you, you it's stupid could, you could totally see somebody doing the battering ram in a cartoon oh but i hope someone has from a child's perspective it looks like Whoa, they're running into yeah. him. Like, that would hurt, right? Now, did they do it to Carl Winslow? Maybe. And Urkel or whatever in that oh, match and uh, Family Matters? They might have. They could have. A cop! Remember that? Did, did, maybe the announcer even mentioned it, I think. <laughs> oh, and they're doing the battering rom or whatever. Like Pretty accurate representation yeah. of a generic wrestling announcer in <laughs> well, a sitcom. Well, I mean, it he was pretty generic yeah. in that episode. You're right. All right, it's ranking time, Quinn. Yeah, I mean, these finishers suck. That's really, that's really the bottom line. There is, folks, and that's the thing. So let's. But Submarine toilets are way more interesting. I think so, but th- this matters, though. We're not going to take. Listen, we are not taking the ranking of these lightly. No, no lightness. This math. This matters. Well, if, let's, let's get into you, it, right? Listen, folks, yeah, we care. Yeah. If there's anything that we care about, it's making sure that the worst finisher is properly uh, justified here. 
Nope. We're not. This is not flippant. Okay, this is not on a whim. There no. is thought and analysis and experimentation put into this. And you just be aware of that. Okay. Number one is the heart punch. Yep. Number two is the Canadian destroyer. Where do you think the uh, the claw fits into this, Quinn? The claw. Yeah. I think it's worse than the Canadian destroyer. I don't know that it is, though. That's the I thing. I agree. I why? I don't right. agree with that. Let's at find all. out. Let's find. I want to hear it because there's no givens here. There's no impact. That's the biggest part to me. It's like that's the biggest thing. There's against, no sizzle, but there's steak. Wouldn't there be more sizzle than steak in this? Case? No, there because is steak like build up, but there's no impact. There's steak. I don't know. Anyway, the Canadian destroyer looks fucking cool, but it's not good. But it looks good, and that's the whole point it's of a finisher. It's an illusion. All finishers are an illusion. No. You think they really hurt? No, but they could. They could say- realistically be done. Okay, here's the thing. Right? What? If, say we compare the Canadian Destroyer to the Pile Driver, just as an example, right? No. Oh, God. You're importing from the good list here? No, yeah, go I'm ahead. I'm just using it like, to explain finishers, right? Yes. In both cases, there's impact, right? And that's ultimately yes. all that matters. The only difference in the in the case of the two is that one you could legitimately like kill somebody with, but you don't in actuality because it's a fucking finisher. The other, the Canadian destroyer, like you couldn't even legitimately do. But that's my point. The, my point is is that like at the end of the day, it provides some kind of impact. It looks like it. It looks like something happened with the claw. It just looks like I just decided to like give you a noogie with my hand. Like. Who cares? I don't disagree with that angle of it. Yeah. I can't disagree with any of that. I don't like the fact that the claw is a submission finisher. You usually lose any type of impact on a submission finisher. We were talking about that last week with the sharpshooter. As much as we love it. Weren't we saying also that submission finishers, in theory, would rank higher than impact finishers? But worse, you mean, on the flush? That's what I mean. Yeah. Higher in the, in the, in in the, the flush. flush. Yeah. Yeah. At least, oh, I hate the hard punch, but at least it no, oh god! At least there's a punch going on. Yeah, at least there's some <laughs> kind of impact. But it is shitty, Quinn. The no, hard it punch. Is, it is shit. Like, listen, I am not gonna lie. It is bad. But the claw, there, like to me, there's nothing. You there's think just, it's worse? It's there's absolutely nothing. Like I, I just I don't. Yeah, but the I, cl- I, I don't feel like anything's happening. But I wasn't around in the '60s and '70s. I wonder which. I've one seen was- Carrie Von Eric do. No, no, no. Listen. I wonder which one was more over, like more feared as a finisher, because these were legit in their day. Do you think the heart punch by Stasiak and all that, or do you think the claw by Fritz? Probably, the, the, cl- probably the claw, but yes. also that's the, the, problem, yes. the problem we have here, Fritz. Joe, here's the problem we have here is Fritz had his own company, Stan Stasiak didn't. Yeah, like, but Fritz again, was doing that before he was in world class. My point is... He is got that, it over well before that. My point is is that, say Stan Stasiak owned WCCW. What are we talking about? I, just in theory, right? Yes. Wouldn't, wouldn't you imagine that he would like build up the heart punch like it was the greatest fucking thing? I hope not! But I mean, actually, you would hope so as the owner of a company. Maybe that's the right thing to do is to build up your finisher maybe, as but, a big deal. But Fritz wasn't the only one. Baron Von Roschka used the claw hold. Yeah. That was feared. And that always stunk. Jack too. Mulligan. You say feared, but feared really feared? In its time it was, yeah. I think uh, so. I think so. Seriously. The way I, the pile driver was from, you know, 60s, 70s onward. Sure. Watching, when we watch old stuff, Joe, do you ever like... You do realize that some of these finishers are some dog shit, right? Yeah. But my of point, my I do. point with that is though, is like I'm pretty sure viewers at the time probably thought they weren't stupid. Like they they probably realized, yeah, this is dumb. But like whatever. In the in the context of like everyone else's move set, 
it works because they act like it works. Yeah, back then, I think, when, when the heart punch was a finisher, when the claw was a finisher, the fucking atomic drop was a finisher too, Quinn, and a bear hug, everything was bad. Right. Abdominal stretch, you know? So, back then, it was all level playing. So, when you, when you stack it up now... Oh, it's a piece of, of shit. Of course, but... The claw and the heart. I think the claw is probably better than the heart punch. I think the heart punch is still the worst. At least the claw is more innovative. The heart punch. It's a punch. There's no. <laughs> the problem is it's a punch. At least, at the very least, there's impact with the heart punch. Even so, Quinn, but I that can, can't be the only no thing. No impact at all, and just kind of sitting there. Like, it might as well just be a fucking sleeper hold. Who cares? It's a rest hold. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Even if you make angry faces while you do it, it's not a rest hold. It stinks, Joe. The, you think the heart punch is better than the claw hold? I think they're both equally bad, but I think, I think that the I, heart punch stays number one. Then no, no, no. I, yeah. Here's my point. Joe, is that I, I think the claw is like it just ekes it out because of the fact that it's a submission finisher, and it's like it's not like it's not like they're very far apart. It's like just like a tick above, and I think the technical aspect is like yeah, okay. the rest, the rest hold part of it. You know what I fine, mean? Fine, fine, you, you fine. You know fine. what I'm saying? Like, all right, so yeah, iron, like Iron Claw then will climb to the top, is what you're saying, right? Right. I think the Heart Punch is going to stay pretty solid at number two. Well, like overall through this, but we'll see. We got a battering ram. Yeah, yeah. that thing is a piece of shit as a tag finisher. Oh yeah. Because let's talk about. All right, we talked about the Doomsday Device last week, right? Mm-hmm. Now that's a great tag finisher even though you know it requires lounging around on someone's shoulders but in theory what it's doing is the guy holding you on the shoulders he's getting you to a place where you wouldn't normally be for the guy to clothesline him the other thing that's scary he's helping the other thing i always think is scary about that move is there's actual like you could land on your head when you fall off like it's possible yeah Yeah. but it makes sense that you need two guys to do it meaning animal is elevating someone so hawk can clothesline him. Right. If Animal wasn't elevating the guy, the clothesline wouldn't be as from high of a elevation and therefore wouldn't be as much impact. With the battering ram, there's absolutely no need for Luke to hold Butch's head and run into a guy. He could just run into him with his Correct. Elbow. Right. Or he could just do a running, crouching headbutt. The oh, other he could guy do could. a single battering ram. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. There is no point of the two. Correct. That's the thing where we uh, established that it's a horrible finisher there. Uh, there is impact, but it's bad. Yeah, I I would say this move is worse than the Canadian Destroyer. Would you not? You're going to say that for every single finisher. But, uh, but I think in all here. honesty, just look at the two. Just just from a visual perspective, Joe. Like, it's like, come on, like, 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 come on. Yeah, I mean, there, look, there's really nothing you can even say there. I want to make my bias known right now. I know you don't like the Canadian Destroyer. I don't like it at all, but as a respected member of the scientific community, yeah. I am doing my due diligence here, and I will be unbiased for the rankings. And, uh, yeah, I'll immediately say that the, uh, the battering ram is worse than the Canadian Destroyer. It has to be. Like, it has to just, be. Yeah, they're just, just, come on. At least there's something to look at with a Destroyer. Yeah. yeah. Now, I love the Bushwhackers. I love them I really in all like iterations. Yeah. Yeah. Their tag finisher, so this double stomach breaker is much better when they did that one yeah. because at least they're dropping a guy onto their knees. It makes right. sense. Um, uh, can yes. I, can I, can I ask you this? Anything you want, Michael. Uh, and this might be bold. Oh, um, get bold. Get italic if um, you want to. I actually think this battering ramp isn't worse than the heart punch, and I'll tell you why. I what? actually have, I have like, a reasoning. A thesis. A thesis, I yes. want to hear it. All right, I'm going to sit back and listen to this one. My thesis is this, yeah. is that the battering ram is so goofy and dumb. Right. At the very least, it's, like, entertaining to watch. Oh, okay, like, right. Know, like, I look at the heart punch and the iron claw, and I'm just like... 
I want to sl- fall asleep. These like, feared finishers. Yeah, they're just so boring, though. Like They are. To be fair, like, as dumb as the Bushwhackers is, at least you're just like, ha-ha, like, that's so stupid, whatever. And like, they yay yeah, their yeah, way yeah, around. Like, yeah, and, and they're kind of goofing it up afterwards. Like, under from down under and yeah, all that. Yeah, like, I, I don't know why. It's just like, it's so dumb, but it's kind of charming in a weird way at the same time. Like, you know what I mean? I know what you mean, actually. That's the one quality it has hmm. to it. Like, it's like, it's a little entertaining. The, the, I think the reason I don't like the claw and the part punch as much is just because they're just so dry. Like, they're just... Yeah, they are very dry. Just nothing to they're it. bone dry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's go. Let's go over the comparable qualities, please. This is why you listen to OVP. Let's right. compare the heart punch to the battering ram. Right. They both have in common that they have impact. Right. They do. They do have impact. They're both very bad finishing moves. <laughs> They're horrible finishing moves. So yes, I'd say the the one of them's a punch. Yeah. The other one more more inventive. At least there's two people. Involved. Yep. Innovative. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, groundbreaking, not good ground, but it, they broke a little bit of the ground. Yeah. By <laughs> accident. Some ground has been broken. <laughs> not on purpose, but yeah. <laughs> they broke it. Uh, I would say that the battering ram, yes, Quinn, is better than the heart punch. Yeah. And it yeah. is. It's yes. a little bit better, isn't it? Is. It is. Because uh, it just, it, like, again, I, uh, I'm just going to emphasize it. The claw and the heart punch are so fucking boring. Like, there's just. Oh, they are. They're ridiculously stupid. They're like, crap. Yeah, they're, they're crap. And I don't care, like, if they seem realistic, I know it doesn't matter. It's like, do I want to watch this shit on no, Superstars? No, like, you no, don't. I don't. That's the thing is, you don't want to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm okay with it. You know what? I'm okay with it. Battering Ram actually is spared a little bit here. Yeah. This is good. I mean, hey, it's gonna. It might be number three is pretty fucking high as far as like horrible is concerned. Like, let's let's not like let's not be like, doing not, singing like, its praises yet. Devalue right? its shittiness here. Like, yeah. like and the destroyer. Don't number forget, three is also worst no. finishing move ever is not really. Not, you want don't want to hang your hat on that. No, you don't. Especially yeah. if it's gonna get rammed into somebody. Right. All exactly. right. So why don't we? Uh, why don't we call this final rankings for this week then? Okay, okay that's fine yeah. with me. Well, you know, sometimes uh, yeah. in these early ones, it, it you know it takes a bit. Yep. So here we are, folks. At number one, it is the Iron Claw. Piece of shit. <laughs> Such a piece of shit. It is. Uh, number two, the Heart Punch. So it actually slid down a spot. Good for that. Yeah. Number three, a newcomer, the Battering Ram. <laughs> it's goofy like this music. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, this music is the Battering Ram of, uh, of music. Flush music. Yeah, yeah, really. And number four. Hanging on for now at the bottom spot is the Canadian Destroyer. That, it's the Ahmed Johnson of this m- month or whatever. Exactly. That is the four worst finishers as of now. Folks, let us know yours. You can do that on Twitter. You can email us or join the group. But when we come back, it's almost time for WrestleMania 4. So we're going to see what's going on in the World Wrestling Federation Superstars. That'll be coming up right after this. System presents the Bushwhackers, Luke and Butch. Here, the Wild and Wooly duo team up to batter another opponent. Then he's sent down under with a powerful double knee drop. Any opponents they face are bound to take a licking. The action's in the ring. The excitement's in your home each week right here on the WWF Superstars of Wrestling. You'll see the top stars of the World Wrestling Federation. Join this McMahon, Jesse the Body Ventura, and Bruno San Martino at ringside for great action and excitement. It's the World Wrestling Federation Superstars of Wrestling. Wednesday at 11, only on Madison Square Garden Network. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. 
You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode number 144. When before we get to our fun review, honestly, yeah, of super Superstars, fun. that was a great little time watching that. Uh, there are other podcasts out there that are not part of some big conglomerate. They're not part of the upcoming WWE-owned podcast network. How is that even going to work? Well, I don't want to get into that yeah. right now. But they are scrapping through the indies, the independent podcasting circuits, the same way we are. It's funny now that that exists. <laughs> yeah, that now actually, it is. We're, we're in the indies, Joe. <laughs> Not Westwood One, not MLW, not WWE, the would, Indies. Would we be the Ring of Honor? What, what would be our promotion, you think? Each each podcast would be an individual promotion. We're so. Juggalo Championship uh, Wrestling here. Yeah, we're that low, huh? <laughs> but check out WPAN, the wrestling podcast about nothing. It's hosted by two guys that have actually worked in the actual wrestling business. One is a retired referee. His, uh-huh. his name's Mike Crockett. Very retired. He's not referee anymore, but he pretends that he might again. And <laughs> he always says. He's always teasing. <laughs> yep. It's like it's, Shawn Michaels or yeah, something. Yeah, but not bald. Yeah. Uh, his partner is Brian Malonis Quinn, who is actually a wrestler in the actual Ring of Honor. No, he is in an indie. He is in the actual indies. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Ring of Honor. Which meant not even be an indie at this point, you know, Sinclair and all that. But well, they say that, but they are. Never, right? Yeah. Nevertheless, these guys host a uh, a podcast where you can kind of get an inside look at some of the things they've been through in the wrestling business, but also their experiences as fans. You'll have interviews. You'll have insight. It's a great little show. It's called the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. W P A N. You can check that out. Also on Thursdays, here's a guy that's independent if I've ever heard of one. Mr. Indie. That's <laughs> this, what they call him. This guy the is... The most independent the, wrestling podcaster on Earth. So independent that he does the show by himself. By the seat of his pants. By the seat of his pants, it is Petey Winston and Greetings from Allentown is the name of his show, Quinn. Greetings, Petey. Greetings, Petey. And what he does is he'll take an episode of the old wrestling. Maybe it's WF. Maybe it's not. Yeah. Maybe something else. And he'll review it. But really, he's just talking about so many other things while he reviews it. He's got other shit to talk about. He doesn't have time to only talk about wrestling. I know. It's a very busy <laughs> schedule. <laughs> so check out Greetings from Allentown by Petey Winston. And if you like your retro wrestling slathered and barbecue sauce, check out the Smoky Mountain and NWA wrestling show right there. That's the, the smokiest re- show. Very smoky and very crockety. It is booking the territory with Mike Mills and his crew. They are the unprofessional wrestling podcast south of that Mason-Dixon line, Quinn. Oh, yeah. They are it's very unprofessional. Very uh, southern. Now. Very southern down there. Yeah. It's Mike Mills. and Great show. Great time. A little rowdy, rowdy, and bowdy, bowdy down there. <laughs> Does Conan eventually appear on WCW programming? So. <laughs> there you go. It's booking the territory. So, again, our three friends of the show, check them out. The wrestling podcast about nothing. Greetings from Allentown and booking the territory. Quinn, I mentioned uh, we were going to do Pooper Stars from 1988 here. This is right up our alley. This is our specialty, yeah. folks. This is our bread and butter. It is. The, the, Both. These, these shows. Um, you were just talking about booking the territory and the plugs there. Yes. This is like us. This like, is New York. This is the most New York. It's sports entertainment. Yep. At, will you sports entertain me right. at its finest? This is not wrestling. Yep. We know some people really like their NWA, you know, their holds. But I mean, the last couple <laughs> weeks, their grit. we've done a bunch of weird stuff. That's the thing. IWA. We did the I, right. We did the IW. We did the Prime last the, week. The Prime, baby! We, <laughs> we like other stuff. Yeah. But every now and then, you just need to go home. And our home is the WF. 
Sometimes you just need a little comfort food. Uh-huh. Quinn's spending his days working hard on the go. I got a kid. I got things. Sometimes, Sometimes you, just you just need some need, superstars, need a folks. break. You That's need right. some superstars. You need Vince and Vince and Jesse. <laughs> That's right. Vince, uh, Vince, and Jesse. Yeah. And uh, let's get into the setting here. This is Superstars March 12th, 1988. A couple of background items on this. This is right in the middle of Superstars being the A show for oh, WWF yeah. Quinn. Uh, like smack dab in the middle of, it, right. of the run of it being like the great show right. of its when, era. When they were putting a lot of effort into that. And just to maybe clarify in case you're a newer listener or aren't familiar, the A show simply meant a couple of things. It meant that WWF had syndication in a lot of markets. Yeah. Syndicates had to choose how many spots they wanted to give the WWF. So the A show was Superstars, which means that was the one they put the most effort into. It was on the, everything. It, yeah, the biggest angles, the, the most promotion, the highest production values. If any syndicate wanted to take a, a show, they had to start with the A show. They right. had to have the A show first, and then if they wanted to take uh, another spot, then they took the B show, which was Challenge. And some markets, like New York, even took a spotlight. third spot, which would be C show Spotlight, which had no effort put into it. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like you want some bonus shit. Yeah. You want some Mooney, right? You want around. some Ian Mooney, Craig DeGeorge, or whatever. Hi, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Matilda. Now the A show, therefore, was the one that if any syndicate was going to take anything, even one spot, they would get superstars. That's why it had the most value, the most effort put into it. Vince himself on it. Right. So that's one thing. Another thing about... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say the the other big thing to me is always that it's the equivalent to Monday Night Raw. Like... Yeah, it's the way to look at it now would be the equivalent to Raw. Right, exactly. So the the major... Like what Joe was saying, the major angles. Yes. It actually... This is like what people watched... To get their weekly, like, yes. what are the storylines? Right, like, right. This is like the show they watch, and then you could supplement that with uh, prime time, which had some recap, but mainly just other wrestling matches that give you a chance to see people. Right, that's what exactly. they had going on. Yeah. Right. This day, also later on at night, if you watch this on a Saturday, was a very excellent episode of Saturday Night's Main Event, which they briefly promo at the yeah, end. Yeah, they. This show's weird because it's like that night, and they just yeah, they're like. Oh, yeah, by the way, this is happening, like, the as they're, like, end. fading yeah. away. Like, so we'll, we'll get to that. Like so weird. But we're right smack dab in the middle of the WrestleMania 4 build. WrestleMania 4 is about two weeks away at this point. So that's, this show is basically by WrestleMania 4. That's what right. they should have just said, the whole thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's by WrestleMania 4, the but show. There's a, there's a lot of matches, like, very mm-hmm. quickly put in here. Like, and that's one of your favorite things about these, yes. uh, especially... These 80s superstars, Quinn, is what? Superstars has a weird way of being able to fit in, like, fucking five matches in a matter of, like, 20 minutes. Like, and I don't even, I never could understand how they ever pulled it off because they, they have all this other shit to talk about for the other 20 minutes of yeah. it. Like, so it's like, <laughs> like it's, it's insane that they're able to always squeeze in as much as they do. Right. Like, it always, it always fascinates me. This is a time... And, and until the 90s with superstars, Vince just excelled at that, where this is fast-paced, but everything, is, it makes sense, and, and it all gets its point across. There is no fucking around. We always like, say with superstars. Listen, like, this is what I have to say about every major show of any company we watch, like, whether it be NWA or mm-hmm. IWA or right, any, sure. any of these weird derivatives and, like, the ca- Canadian stuff. George like, Cannon. No. Like, <laughs> They all spend way too much time on the matches when, like, yes. ultimately they don't matter because their squash is just like WF squashes. <laughs> right. WWF, <laughs> the big difference with them is they 
They fucking understand right. that they're squashes, and there's no reason to spend more than three minutes right. on them. Like, and then and that might turn off the purists that like their holds and their oh, there's another reverse I mean bourbon. But the thing know? is, ultimately, with the long squashes, you're getting the same thing. Like, <laughs> you're just that, getting different like, people. Some dweeb doesn't get any <laughs> offense, right. and a finisher happens. Right. Like, I can do that in three minutes, and yeah. I can fit more wrestlers that's on my Vince's show. Thing. Like, yep. Yeah, that's awesome. That's what he excelled at, yeah. and that's what we're getting get a slice of here so let's get into a quinn wwf superstars march 12th 1988 and we get a cold open with a overhead crowd shot of the kansas coliseum here in wichita kansas and we see a clip quinn of the flight safety international building yeah something about the air capital world you know i always found these like vince high school geography teacher <laughs> openings like they're so weird like why he is did he do this a lot like, right i almost feel like they they prep the show so it can get that NBC educational rating so they can put it, like, they can send the tape to, like, high schools around the nation. Like, like, superstars! Yeah, could you imagine, like, they're, like, amazing. the teachers just want them to see the opening clip of Vince, like, talking about, like, oh, Kansas City, <laughs> air capital! And then you watch wrestling for an hour, and you're like, well, I did learn about Kansas. Wichita is known as the air capital of the world, where over 100,000 pilots train each year at Flight Safety International. The camera pans down in the arena to red coat Vince McMahon, uh-huh. red coat Bruno Sammartino, and multicolored do rag Jesse Ventura in a cape. <sighs> Bruno. Ugh. Now, this is actually Bruno's very last WWF yeah, Superstars and I appearance. That's why you picked this, right? No, I just wanted something close to WrestleMania 4. Oh, okay. That's all. I thought you picked it specifically because oh, you of know the what Bruno I did. thing. Once I narrowed it down to pre-WrestleMania 4, I figured, hey, let's do the last Bruno one. Now, Vince, this is funny. Yeah. Vince gets very upset about yeah. Jesse Ventura's cape. He's he, all like, annoyed about throws it. Throws it over his like, head. Yeah, he, like, touches him. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, what the fuck does he think he's doing? What are you doing, Jesse? You know, like, And then Jesse's man. like, don't fucking touch me, McMahon. <laughs> like, I swear. Like, he gets, like, pushy with him. It's weird. Somewhere with his cape or something, or we're going to do it this way. Wait a minute. We've got action. Put your hands off my threads. Don't you ever touch my threads again. Here we go. Why a cape? Who wears a cape? Where do you even get a cape? Cut to the classic WWF Superstars intro. You know, the one with the film strip, the good baseline song. You know. Yeah, the NES music. Vince says that uh, Jesse Batman Ventura is scheduled yeah, to join us this fucking cape. It's like, shut up. <laughs> Plus, we'll have the Ultimate Warrior, Ted DiBiase, yep. Andre, with another picture where he had a rope in front of his face. Oh, gee, I didn't notice it this <laughs> yeah. time. I was kind of listening as he was like, going through the names. <laughs> when we were doing Royal Rumble 88 on the Patreon, Quinn had a big issue with... Uh, it sucked. A, sp- <laughs> a split screen where Andre had like a rope blocking half of his face. I don't why they don't show his whole face. <laughs> it's just annoying. Uh, tonight we're going to see Quinn, Hogan, and Andre signing a contract. And we see the shittiest split screen ever. Like, there's like a rope in Andre's, like, forehead. Yeah, it's like, like a- they couldn't get in a better picture. Yeah, like, are you fucking serious? Like, Hogan's is just like a normal one. Yeah, right. It's not even good either, but it's like, at least it's his entire fucking face. Right. Like, not a rope in front of his head. They, they couldn't find anything. Out of the thousands of footage things they have of Andre, they can't fucking just find one with his whole face on it. Are they serious right now? <laughs>
Uh, we'll have our WrestleMania 4 report. And don't forget, we'll have Bam Bam Bigelow, Bad News Brown, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. How are we going to fit in all of this? But, like, Let's see the genius of this, right? Yeah, that, every time I love when Vince lists all these names. So much shit. I'm just like, how? Like, there's only, how long is this? And then I look, it's like 41 <laughs> minutes. And I'm like, how is this all going to happen this quickly? This is like, why he was a genius at yeah, this point in time. Yeah. Ultimate Warrior's music hits when he runs out. About maybe 75% speed from what he become, but he's getting there. You know, he's yeah. he's fast. Still kind of early for him, but the crowd loves him. Yep. This is, uh, for the record, this was taped in February. This is the last of a taping. Uh, he's definitely over here. He's definitely over. I don't think that's sweetening, do you? In the, in the Ultimate Warriors case? I don't think so. Yeah. I think he's that over. There's seriously. There's some cases where there was sweetening, but like, I didn't think it was like, it was like, 50-50. It was like they yeah. picked their spots they did. Like, where they, they want to sweeten it. <laughs> they did a good job. Uh, his opponent, Quinn, is the pasty and very balding Tom Stone. <laughs> With the support strap. He looks worse than a 1982 jobber. <laughs> he does, he looks like, he looks junky. like pretty junk. He's <laughs> perfect to fight the Ultimate Oh, Warrior. hell yeah, yeah. The sack of potatoes here. Yeah. Uh, Bell rings. Warrior shoves Jimmy Corderas out of the way to chase Stone outside. Rams Stone into the post. Big body slam. By the way, Bruno said nothing yet, for the record. Oh, uh, not at all. Not at all. Uh, back Even in the intro, he didn't yeah. talk. Well, I mean, he's, he's on his way <laughs> I hate this. Back in, uh, Warrior chops at Stone while Vince starts shit with Jesse and says that even though Jesse is the body, comparing him to the Ultimate Warrior is comparing shit to ice cream. What, like, what I, a jerk, first I, of all. This was so... He, well, he said comparing something that's like like crappy. Yeah, he Did met, he say crappy? Something that stinks. Stinks, he that's meant, it. He, he meant said, shit. Yeah, but he said something that stinks to ice cream. And yeah. I, and I thought he was saying comparing um, Hercules. No, uh, body. Jesse Ventura. Oh, really? Yes. Because I, I, I swore he said Hercules, but... Don't make me prove you wrong by dumping well, it in. Dump it in and we'll see. <laughs> okay, here we go. Jesse, you've been known as the body for years and years, but you have to admit, comparing your physique to that of the ultimate warrior is kind of like comparing something that stinks to ice cream. One more for the good guy. Shoulder blocked by the Warrior. Stiff clothes on and Vince mentions Hercules Hernandez. Hernandez! <laughs> well, okay. Vince now doing it. Okay, this this is why I'm okay with it, and I'll tell you why. Gorilla never stopped. Apparently Vince didn't Again, either. it's only people who have a history, and since Vince obviously has been here since day one. Because yeah, I know, but it's like a year and a half. It doesn't matter. You can you can be grandfathered in if you were around. To when calling him Hernandez. Hernandez. Yes. It's amazing. Uh, we get an insert promo here with Hernandez, who immediately mentions the gods and the heavens <laughs> and how the warrior has been condemned, and now Hercules must destroy him. With punches, I guess. I, that's all he's got. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, Mr. Punch. Finn suddenly now decides to bark about how he's talked to Vanna White, and she has no idea who Jesse Ventura is. Now, I love Jesse's response is that weird, like, ha-ha, like yeah. WrestleMania 6. It's, yeah. like, really weird. Ha-ha. He just brings that in there. Yeah, it's weird. Body slam by Warrior, Big Splash gets the win. That's exactly what it should have been, Quinn. It stunk, but it was... Like, honestly, yeah. the Warrior was doing absolutely nothing. Yeah, a couple it, of moves. Honestly, what was more entertaining was them just, like, fucking around, talking about Vanna White Brilliant. Yeah. And you get to see the Warrior, builds him up for the Hercules match, yep. and you get a Hercules promo within the match. Oh, yeah, and they do that in, like, in a box. Yep. You always forget. No fucking around. In a box is very important. Yeah, insert here. promo. Yep. Very good. In a very telling camera shot here, we cut to the announcers talking... And they literally don't even have Bruno in the frame. Yeah, where the hell is Bruno? Is he even there? I don't, like, I, I don't know. They're in the arena, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. That isn't a green screen. No, no, no. That's in the, the green screen they didn't get until June. Right, They're exactly. in the arena. Just crazy, because he hasn't said 
Bruno has not said a word yet. The whole show. It's amazing. Uh, now, Quinn, from the pages of World Wrestling Federation magazine, here's update with Craig DeGeorge, yeah. who I've got to say, he looks very unsettling in the powder blue blazer. I don't like it. Hi, fans. Yep. Uh, he wants to talk about Hulkamania and something with styrofoam hands. Well, he says the man that has the best styrofoam hands. Or, Is that I don't necessary? Know. He's he's shilling merch. Get these hands. Give me those hands, right? I need those hands. Yeah, That's get, what they should say. Man, Braun Strowman was really ahead of his time with, <laughs> the, with the get these hands. That's a fucking, like, that should have been in the 80s. Right? Beyond his time. I don't know what you would say, but he's like, after it, his time? Imagine if Braun Strowman After was, his time. was in this Hulk Hogan era. Imagine they could sell those styrofoam hands where it's just like a full, instead of it's like a number one, it's like a five. A five, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh man, it would have been so good. Get these hands. I love Braun Strowman, by the way. He is such a great I know. wrestler. He's I've been so saying this stupid, for years. But like, I, he's really silly, but I love that Like, you can tag him he's with Nicholas great. and no, it doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He's a pro. He just, uh, I, I think as a Future Hall of Famer. recently won the tag belts with uh, Seth, with the champion. He like, did? It's like the Pedro don't, No, there. please don't bring Pedro yeah. up into yeah. this here. Uh, we show clips of Hogan beating the Iron Sheik in 1984 for no reason. Why I, is this happening? I what does this know. have to do with anything in 1988? <laughs> now, notably, this was interesting. You they, they didn't get rid of Eye of the Tiger. No. They show Hogan coming out to it, and Gorilla's even like, the Eye of the Tiger and the Eye of Hulk Hogan, or whatever Which he says. also means that this will be a problem when they have to eventually put this on the network this episode. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. Uh, the crowd, of course, in MSG in 1984 loves Hogan coming out. Cut to the camel clutch that Hogan breaks. I have to say, by the way, Gorilla's commentary under this match is perfect. The, now, it's the, good, but I was excitement. Like Pat Patterson was really out of place. I he, just want to watch the match. <laughs> I, I don't want to talk. Why is he here? Like, what do you mean? That was Gorilla and Patterson. Are they're not MSG usually? Are they? Briefly. Oh, Gene wandered in very soon to MSG with Gorilla. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Like, no, I, Pat was there a little bit. Yeah. No, I, it's I, not good because, like, to me, Pat, I always he's supposed to be with Vince. Yes. Like that's like the combo that yes. we're used to in 1982 and 83 and he, whatnot. He like, had a run with Gorilla for a little bit. So weird. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, anyway, of course, the big leg drop, the cradle pin, Hulkamania is born. Love that moment. Always will. Yeah, it's great. I love that the bell rings like 23 times. Yeah, it rings a lot. They're like, everyone shut the fuck up. We have to say he won. So we put it on Coliseum video or whatever. And Hogan's like falling around in euphoria before getting his belt. Oh, I can't believe I won it. Like, it's like, like it was ever a question. So yeah, stupid. really. Uh, back to Craig, who I swear, and I'll drop it in, says Hokamania. Oh. Hokamania was born. And Hokamania is born. Then we get a video montage of like Hogan's whole career now. <laughs> what is this farewell to Huck as champ? This feels like early Coliseum video. <laughs> yeah. Got Craig talking. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and, and Hokamania was a thing, and yada, yada, yada. And then Craig's like, Hulkamania was unstoppable as we now throw to clips of WrestleMania Why? 3. Oh, come on. Controversial count is highlighted in all this. Why is this happening? Like, seriously, though, we already know all of this. It's so, like, they've been over 45 fucking know, times we, by this point. I guess for any new viewers just to hammer the point home of the background it's of Hogan the, Andre, right? At the time, it must have been their longest running storyline. Right? This, like, Andre Hulk. Yeah, thing. I'd have to think so, like, right? It's been since, like, he poured the champagne, which they didn't even fucking show. Yeah, which you're is, right. like, the whole, like, what they're going for here is, like, the Andre connection. Right? Uh, nice of you. That yeah. whole thing from, from when you're Hogan won the belt. I, I've seen the video package probably 7,000 times oh, in my yeah. life, right? right? Like, I always know you start with the, oh, have a nice of you, and Hulk's nice with his, you. like, parents or whatever. I'm yeah. proud of you. Yeah, yeah all that, that shit. Parents? Yeah. Uh, well, they're there before, and then oh, Andre. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you one thing. I really like you. 
Like, you, you know, like, you know how it is. I know how it is. Uh, let's now clip to Saturday Night's main event. This is January 88, where Andre was wearing his Kramer coat and he chokes Hogan while yep. making the silly faces, you know, ay, yeah. ay, ay, those faces. Yeah, the one where the, like, music is weird. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up, Ted DiBiase is going to buy the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Uh, now, this all this stuff. I love it. So oh, I love it. I am going to buy the World <laughs> Wrestling Federation title. And, of course, Hogan's response next week. The crowd is like, oh, yeehaw! And then, of course, Andre, Mr. DiBiase, I'll tell you one thing. I will deliver the belt, the world, world, Wrestling Federation, and I will enjoy it, Hogan. And then we go to the main event, February 5th, and we all know what happens there. Hogan gets Andre down, gets tripped up by Virgil, Hebner admonishes Virgil while Hogan has Andre pinned, one headbutt. A second, a second yeah. hot Awful suplex. Yep, and shit slam for the win. <laughs> but the, One but, kick out, two, yep. three. Exactly. <laughs> That's what happens. Meanwhile now, the Hedmers stare each other down, which is one of my favorite things ever worth. Because no, folks, no one knew. No one knew this angle was coming. Right, it was so weird. It, it is really, like, sudden. It's groundbreaking. Like, it's, like, out of nowhere. It's like you think going into this, like, oh, Hulk's going to just, he's going to win his right, right. Andre, and we're going to move on. And then we get the Fugazi count, but you're still not thinking, wait, a twin ref? Because Dave <laughs> this Hebner... This is so weird. It's like, great. I'm, honestly, this is why we love the angle. They have never done this, no, this is ever so good. again it's after so, this. And listen... Like, it's so weird. If you're a purist, we know this is goofy, cartoony, over-the-top. It's kind of the point. Yeah, we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> we know that. Yeah. But... Because Dave had been there for like a year. Right. Earl was just in the NWA. You know that bunkhouse stampede thing that they ran against Royal Rumble or the Royal Rumble ran against? Was Earl at that? Yes. Yeah. So see, it's like very It was like recent. a week before that. Yeah. So Earl's here all of a sudden and uh, they stare each other down. But you did have a very interesting question about this whole thing that we're watching, Quinn. Yeah. Why is this recap like the whole show? <laughs> like this has been going on a while. This is long, folks. Yeah. yeah. Now Earl punches Dave and then Hogan throws Earl over DiBiase, over Andre, like halfway to Canada. Now you, yeah, so we're supposed to guess that the evil ref would punch the normal ref. Yes, exactly. But even though, like, what if the good... Like, I always wondered I this as a kid. I'm like, well, what if the good guy was like, I'm not standing for this shit because I, I have know. morals, right? Well, that's what the crowd kind of thought, but Hogan had yeah. to, like, show them, no, this is the one that took the money. That's right. why I'm throwing him. Yeah. And then they're just like, oh, okay, Hogan wouldn't do the that's wrong some, thing. That's like, 80s movie shit. Like, the bad <laughs> one would hit him. Yeah, like, exactly. Because you know I mean? like, evil prevailed. Yeah, 80s movie logic. Very 80s movie logic. Anyway, now... Promo with Hogan, current promo, who says the future of Hulkamania will keep grinding away as these little teeny Hulkamaniacs become big Hulkamaniacs. <sighs> Man, that was long. It was long, and also that promo, like, at the very end was, like, very preachy. Yeah, like, Hulkamania will live good. forever. The, uh, all the kids are gonna <laughs> know my shit, and fuck you. Like, this has always been in my mind, Quinn, as much as I like Hogan throughout the rest of the 80s. Once he lost the belt, like, right around WrestleMania 4. Whiner, I'll tell you that. That's one. where he becomes a little dickier. Yeah. Right? He he's really just, does. He's. It's almost like he's like, I gotta defend myself. I can't let this shit ever happen right. again. So it's like, now I'm gonna indoctrinate the Hulkamaniacs so yeah. that they always like, demand I get title shots. <laughs> like, seriously, yes. like, that's like the kayfabe logic. It's like, well, if he can if he can keep brainwashing the hucksters, right, like, right. That, like, he'll never not have a chance. That's what happened, basically. Yeah. Cut to Bob Euchre, who's hanging out with Jake Roberts and Damien. Uh, Euchre gets very scared of Damien, and that's pretty much the whole point of the promo. This is a big part of WrestleMania 4. I gotta know something. You ever handled one of these before? I'm sure you have, huh? A couple of sure. times. I've been close to him a lot of times, Jake. <laughs> Good. 
It's very goofy, and I love it. Yeah, it's similar to what they would do with Trebek and Damien. Yeah, I do like um, Euchre in the, like, striped shirt, by the way. Very casual attire. Yeah, very, very 80s young attire. I'm here with Damien. Uh, oh. I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid of snakes. By That's the way, all it is. suntan is out of control in this clip. Very dark. Yeah. Good for him. Probably yeah. down in the island somewhere. Cut to ringside where you can't hear a damn thing Vince is saying. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> it's, it's really bad for a minute. I don't understand why. Like, it's just for like a second. Yeah, too. for like 10 seconds. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Lord, 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 Lord. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? So Duggan hoes his way out to this face... This match is great. I, I love everything about this match. Face Barry Horowitz. Yeah. This is during uh, Duggan's dark blue and sometimes black tights phase. Right. White boots sometimes. Yeah, white boots. Yeah. And Barry Horowitz's green tights and suspenders heel Pat phase. on the back of the whole thing. The winner, Barry Horowitz. Yeah. That was his nickname. He's great. Never uh, wins. Never won here. I want to mention this. We never talk about this. The referee is Earl Hebner in real life, but in kayfabe, it's supposed to be Dave. <laughs> Because in real life, the real Dave Hebner got injured from those kicks by Earl. He oh, actually oh, cracked seriously? a rib. No, I thought Dave shortly after this, like, kind of like deferred to Earl. Right? He did. Yeah, right. Like, so it was kind of like Dave went to do like behind the scenes yeah, shit. Dave would occasionally still ref. And his last notable ref appearance is uh, WrestleMania 7. He does the Warrior versus Savage match. By the way, as an executive, I must say, this is an amazing way to like bow out where you like nobody really knows that you're gone. Like, you just kind of, like... Your twin brother just replaces you. Your twin brother replaces you, and you get to, like, control everything behind the scenes. <laughs> you know what, too, Quinn? They they never even said the phrase Dave Hebner for, like, years. I yeah. mean, or Earl. It was just Hebner. Right. Referee Hebner. That, that Hebner. Yeah, uh, they, and then, actually, I think they didn't even say Earl for years. They might have even called Earl Dave a lot. They, when did they start just, like, acknowledging that Earl was the ref and not... And, uh, and how the hell did they handle that? Because... Early 90s, well, I they, think. Actually, okay, they never said when they were mixed up, when they showed the two of them on right. screen. Right, they never said Earl back then. They never they never said Dave either, I don't think. Yeah, did they, they did. Oh, the okay, whole they match, did. they're like, referee Dave Hebner, oh, okay. to, to get it in your mind. Right. But yeah, it took a while until they finally just phased out Dave completely. Anyway, this match, a lot of punching and hoeing here, you know, especially by Duggan. So this is, that's why I love this match. Ho so the match. So, yeah, so a lot of punching by both men, so ho! Like yep. after the punching, and then huge cross corner clothesline by Duggan. Ho! Like he actually hoes. Oh, he hoes. I think it's yos. You can hear the yos. Maybe Whatever, I'm not yeah. sure. Yelling. Uh, Beal toss pose and a knee drop by Duggan. Ho! <laughs> Side headlock. You know, because we need a rest hold here in this one minute match. And then this is monumental, Quinn. At 18 minutes and 54 seconds into the show, Bruno finally says something. so weird. <laughs> the show and he's like maybe with that two by four will eliminate Virgil it's like wait you're a here you're here excuse me <laughs> out of nowhere Virgil could eliminate the two by four maybe the two by four eliminate Virgil yeah you can look at it that way too Horowitz tries a crossbody gets slammed three point stance and a running clothesline gets the win and with a with a hoe. At the end of that, and the crowd is like almost laughing with it, if you notice. Yeah. Now, did you notice, Quinn, that iconic shot of Duggan's like stupid face close up? I think they used that for the primetime intro. Oh, really? From 88 to 91, where, where he's, he's like pinning him. Yeah, with yeah, his with, tongue out. Yeah. 
I think yeah. they use it. I like Doug in here. I love him. Now that's a fucking squash. Yeah, like, great. That, that was wonderful. Like six moves. Yeah, it was really, really good. I really liked <laughs> and everything it was just about that. Doug in in his like, you know, the modern Ivan Putsky phase, basically. It's so good. The fun, loving, hard hitting, kick your ass face. Nobody appreciated Doug in when he was around. I didn't. Yeah. I seriously, I really He's didn't. He's amazing. He's good in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, Bruno decides to participate again, Quinn, by going over the replay for us. Very nice of him. As we go to Craig DeGeorge to run down some WrestleMania 4 happenings. We're going to have Robin Leach, Bob Uecker, and Vanna White, Quinn. And now we bring in the British Bulldogs and, and Coco Beware. The Bulldogs in like these weird white shirts. I, I, I hate tell them. Face they on look them. stupid. They look like goofs. Remember when they used to be so like good? Yeah, I mean like a year ago. Yeah, and then, now they're like garbage. <laughs> they are. They it's, stink. Not, it's not fair. Yeah. Davey says, uh, you know, well, Roddy, blah, blah, blah. And Dynamite has like a mouthful of cookies and he's like, oh, those ones. <laughs> Special training will <laughs> Fuck, never let him talk. I don't know. They should never let him talk. You know what the worst part is? It's like Dynamite like still looks like a pure badass. Oh yeah, with a white Matilda shirt on. I still, I still take him seriously. But looks like just, he dumped vodka in his hair. You know, it's yeah, perfect. I just, why did they ever let him talk? <laughs> they should have turned him heel. Like and he and he had like a manager. He would have been such a badass. That dude's a natural heel anyway. Yeah, seriously. seriously. Well, yeah. anytime you see him wrestle as a heel, like as a heel in Stampede or Japan, natural right. heel. Coco sings poorly. Oh yeah, whatever. It's he's terrible. Like singing as he's talking. Horrible. I don't know what that's about. Hard cut now to the Islanders, where Tama is all proud. <laughs> I love Tama. Yeah. Newfound respect for Tama really lately. Like Tomo or whatever. Yeah, Toma. So, yeah. And Bobby like cuts this promo. On Matilda, he's like Matilda. If you think you're gonna attack me, you're mistaken. Like he's talking to the dog. He's basically like fuck you, Matilda. Like he really doesn't like Matilda. Enough with this Matilda shit. Oh my god! And And because it's Craig DeGeorge, he's there. That's like anytime he's like a Matilda magnet. Oh, we have to talk about Matilda. Now we cut to Vanna White on a couch where she says that she's gonna be at WrestleMania. God, she was so hot back then. Like holy shit! And then even in the '80s living room, yeah, like super '80s. She was pretty. Yeah. She, she really, really was. was. She really was. To the ring now, where Bad News Brown is already kicking someone's ass in progress. Lance Allen, apparently, is the guy's name. Now, this was confusing to me because, like, Bad News Allen, and then yeah, like, Allen, get yeah, beat right, up! Right. Like, and I'm just like, what? what? <laughs> lots of yelling, lots of punching by Brown, body slam. Bruno talks again, a whole sentence, believe wow, it or not. Holy shit. It's amazing. Uh, Jimmy Corderas is our ref, as Jesse says... His bad news is for Vanna White and that they wouldn't be going out after WrestleMania 4. No, I don't get this because later on at, at WrestleMania, isn't Jesse just like, Vanna White, she's going out with me. She's in my Bob, hotel room, monsoon. Like she's Bob Eucher, saying that yeah. to her or whatever. Yeah, yeah and Gor- Gorilla's like, yeah, you're right, Jesse. doesn't even argue it. Right, so like, what is all of this? Like, the, he's, the, the weeks before, Vince is like, you're never going to date yeah. Vanna White. And then like, it's just like, no, he's already with her. Yeah, like, and Gorilla's what? like, yeah, you're right, Jess. Yeah. <laughs> not, so weird. Not even arguing. Anyway, we get an insert promo with bad news while he's kicking uh, Lance Allen's ass. Basically, it's he's amazing <laughs> that he can talk uh, while in wrestling a, in a box while he's beating the I shit know. out of someone. This is funny. He's like, I don't like anyone, men, women, or snotty nosed kids, dogs, cats, or stinking goldfish. Let me tell you something. Bad news Brown doesn't like anybody, whether it's men, women, or snotty nosed kids, whether it's dogs, cats, or stinking goldfish. I'm surprised he didn't say carpetbagger because he always <laughs> says that. That's very poetic, though. That yeah. that, that was very good. Very yeah. good promo, eh. I thought. Okay. Uh, clothesline by Brown and the Ghetto Blaster gets the win. Great finisher, by the way. I, it, yeah. How is that not on the greatest finishers list? Maybe it is, Quinn. We'll have to find it's out. It's so good. It's a standing in Zaguri, isn't it? That's yeah, essentially it's what like, it is. It's like you don't have the leverage of like somebody holding your leg so you can start it up. You actually like 
from a standing position, both feet on the ground, like just jump up and insecure him. Judo. Judo has nothing to do with I know, it's a throw-based, it's a throw-based martial art. Jumping. Judo. Karate. He knew judo. Kick. High karate. Yeah. Uh, cut to Gene, who's with Demolition and Mr. Fuji. I love how this show just moves. Like, yep. it's just like, oh, on to that. Now, boom, 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 right? Everything's lasted like two seconds and got the point across and moved, yeah. moved on. No fucking around, man. Yeah. Fuji says, uh, we better like a uh, pass out fisherman, but we went long enough. What okay. was that? I don't know. <laughs> What's the fisherman part of that? I have no I idea. Uh, Smash mentions Master Fuji, as he usually does. Well, it is his master. And Axe says that Strike Force's nightmare is coming true and that the, all the horror stories are coming to them. Love this tag. Team. I know, me too. So Fuji, <laughs> Fuji laughs in the background. I love this team too it was funny right at the same time in our notes we had that that we love oh, this really? tag team yes I didn't know that. it's so funny let's cut to strike force now where tito says uh they haven't been avoiding anyone they just defend the belts for the promotion what was this <laughs> weird like talk like he's like behind the scenes yeah what is like, this now we have been avoiding nobody would defend the belts to the promotion you know, I've noticed like a, a correlation to Quinn between Tito's hair length and his place on the card. The longer the hair, the worse he gets. It's true. Right? Yeah, I think that's right. Because when he was good, he had the short hair, that's, like when he was higher on the card. It's true. Maybe maybe the longer it is, the worse he is. That's what I think, Quinn. Well, th- what about Mantador, though? It's really short then. It's in a ponytail. No, it's not short. It's long. It's just in a ponytail. Oh, it's in disguise. Yeah, it's greasy. Yeah. Uh, speaking of hair, Rick Martell looks like he just blow dried his, honestly. And he's his like, hair looks poor. <laughs> horrible. Yeah. We're going to find out behold, behind all that paint what kind of wrestler they really are. <laughs> Should have never let him talk. <laughs> I know. Like, another one. horrible. Dynamite him. Yeah. Couple. Uh, Strike Force high fives each other as we go back to ringside where Brian Costello is introduced. Or some guy named Brian, as some, I say. Yeah, yeah, some guy named Brian. His opponent with very joyful music, of course, is Bam Bam Bigelow. This music is so loud. I love that music. <laughs> is that the music that allegedly like nobody can find like a raw yeah, version of there's it? There's no clean some... rip of it. That's no. really funny. That's because it's it is brief. It, like, it was also the primetime intro in a uh, ninety one during the variety show era. Then how did how is it not able to be found? Because then? there's like audience applause and talking oh, over it and stuff. Okay. You know Weird. what I mean? Yeah. Oliver Humperdinck, of course, is there with Bam Bam Bigelow and Koopaing it up. <laughs> I still hate him. He, was, he is really king. I didn't need him. Actually, he's kind of like Baby Bowser more than oh, King Koopa. Baby Bowser, wow. Yeah, because okay. I've, I've been playing that Mario Maker 2 lately. You would. He's kind of like Baby Bowser, but if he has the magic wand of like Kemka or whatever that thing's name is, the one that shoots the from from uh, Super Mario World Two, yeah, from the Yoshi's one that, Island. that turns like objects. Kramer, into, like, what's enemies. his name? Kamek, 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 yeah, <laughs> I like Kramer. how you're like. I also, by the way, secret thing that Joe doesn't mention a lot, but he knows the names of all like the minor characters in the old in the older like, stuff. Yeah, because of you, last night I was playing Mario Maker and there was like this stage, right? Yeah, where like. Monty Mole was like chasing me all over the place and the only reason I knew his name was Monty Mole was because of you <laughs> and as it was happening I was yelling at the screen and I was like get the fuck away from me Monty Mole <laughs> like I was like in this confined space and he wouldn't st- there was like multiple Monty Moles like coming at me it was Good. ridiculous that's funny <laughs> well that is his name yeah. I'm not making it up <laughs> I'm like I'm like yelling at the screen get the fuck away from me Monty Mole <laughs> like, <laughs> that's funny uh, crowd uh, is into very is very much into Bam Bam Bigelow at least it was get a huge clothesline by the bammer body slam and a falling headbutt insert promo from slick which he's like yo brother bam yo, bam this promo was amazing big old head bigelow <laughs> and he, he basically says a one-man gang is gonna kill him at wrestlemania for holmes like, gang's gonna fuck your ass up <laughs> it's bro. real it's like, great yeah, yeah he like he goes full hog yeah, on him it's he amazing just, he just he just craps all over him slick's good yo brother bam bam 
land because a big 747 will go over you, around you, or down right through you to make me, yours tutor, the first black manager of the world's heavyweight champion. Yeah! Big avalanche by Bam Bam, splash off the ropes, gets the win. Bruno does the replay again and says the phrase, a sack of potatoes, which makes me very happy. Beyond that, he's just mumbling <laughs> shit. Yeah. Look at him, the sack of potatoes, I'm leaving. Uh, cut to Craig on the platform from whenever, a little so earlier, probably. They actually, I gotta give them some credit here. The way they cut this, it was so quick that it, was it, seamless. Looked, it looked like, because the ring was empty behind, so it definitely wasn't live. No. But at the same time, they did it so well that like you kind of only could see half the ring, so you really didn't know. Yes. So it looked like they were just on the platform in the Wichita Arena or whatever. Yeah, they did a good job there. Yeah. Now, Andre has a very big red hunting coat and <laughs> suspenders. I don't know what that coat is. Of course, with Andre is uh, Teddy DiBias and Virgil. And Andre's like, ha, 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 Hogan, I beat you three times already. Whistle many a tweet. So vivo Siles on February 5th. And he says he's going to destroy Alchemania forever. <laughs> and the whole problem is so incomprehensible. I had no idea what he was saying most of the time. They're in my corner because they all want to win it. And they all want to be like They all want to be like me. And actually, if you really think about it, though, Quinn, that's a great heel tactic. Like, you're just incor- incomprehensible and garbled that no one can understand right, you. you're just like, I, I don't. You're, like, mad because you don't understand the guy. Right, exactly. Good heel move. Uh, DiBiase says he was ripped off because he did buy the damn belt, which is true. I mean, he well, bought it. Yes. I agree. I mean, you should get what you pay for. This is the United States. If you pay money for something, Fucking capitalism, you man. That's what we do here. But if it wasn't for sale, on the other hand. That's true, see, and it yeah. wasn't for sale. He then calls Duggan a bumbling idiot, DiBiase does, which is true. Uh, Craig asks, what'll happen if uh, Ted DiBiase has to fight Andre? And DiBiase is all like, Andre knows I can beat him. And I'm like, what? I don't know what that was. And then Andre's just like, Promises are promises. Yeah, he's just like, that was so weird. Andre's yeah. just like, that's okay. Yeah. Like, whatever. That was awkward. <laughs> really. I, think he, I think Andre, somewhere in his incomprehensibility, just said something like, I will serenade to you, or whatever. You know, you know, how, you know how he says surrender. Yeah, he can't. Yeah. I will serenade. <laughs> they got a gleeful exit by the heels, by the way. They, like, happily walk off the platform. I'm still <laughs> perplexed as to why DiBiase would just yell right in his face, Andre, you know I can beat you. Like, Excuse me? Who the fuck are you? Like, I think he's intimating that Andre would, uh, he'd pay Andre to lay down for right, him. Right, exactly. That's what it was, but, but it, it's just funny. Yeah, it's very weird. Now Craig is in a lot of Craig on this fucking show. It's too w- much fucking Craig. Can't wait until Mooney. Let me just say I that. I can't believe we're saying that. We it's never true, say that. I can't wait till Mooney is not a statement that Ugh. exists in the OVP <laughs> vocabulary, but I guess it does here. Can't wait for Mooney to uh, interview anyone that we want to. Yeah. Uh, Craig is in the control room for a WrestleMania 4 report. We actually get promos for the Battle Royale. They're horrible. It's like, yeah. Ray, the Russos are like, Ray's like, we're going to rock and roll in the Battle Royale or something. Like, yeah, it's like, we're the Russo brothers in the World Wrestling Federation. Yeah, just like, we are in this company. What like, the what? fuck is that? This is Jacques and this is Raymond. We're the Russo brothers. It's the World Wrestling Federation. And then it's literally the we are here. About rock and roll. Jacques might be like, and hey, we're gonna have a, the we're gonna have a WrestleMania four for more or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's it was awful. Really, it was really, 
How were they like? <laughs> like them as faces? It was hideous. It's terrible. Like, I don't know, like how they didn't decide faster that they <laughs> right. should be healed. Right? Seriously, because like, they're such good wrestlers. Yeah, they, they really are. They're this, awesome. This, this face shit is bad. bad. Yeah, it's really bad. Speaking of bad, bad news says that there's going to be bad news for the other turkeys, and that's it. Those yeah. are the big promos. Sharecroppers. I like. He doesn't say. Like you know. He always says yeah. carpetbagger Carpet or sharecropper, which I don't understand why he's using, like, 1870s terms. Like, party whip. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Craig now... going to start talking about the wigs. <laughs> uh, like, Craig now mentions the ultimate Rorier, as he says, versus Hercules match. And then, of course, Quinn, Matilda's big return to ringside. You know that feud has to be talked about because Craig's here. Like of course seven. it does. Like, every... Thing with Craig is about Matilda. Like, absolutely everything. He's in the company just long enough that almost his whole career there, Matilda's feud is going on. Like, Joe, it's so bad that I, like, can barely conceive of a moment where Craig wasn't talking about Matilda in some form or fashion. <laughs> well, listen, this feud didn't it start in, like, December of 87? I know! It's so bad! <laughs> okay. Another promo now with the Bulldogs in their white shirts and Coco, and they say, like, similar stuff, but now yeah, they're even- like, like, he's singing Coco, like yeah. he's like, yeah, like you know, it's yeah, it's, it's, he's just like Michael Jacksoning. This is during the white gloves yeah, era, it's where white he, gloves. It's like Michael Jackson gloves, and even Frankie squawks in this one. He's like, Rah! Uh, that was weird that Frankie like on cue talked. Remember when Frankie like told everyone about the fire? In yeah, the- and that's how he died. It's true. Remember the whole news story about Frankie dying in the the house, and then we get another Islanders promo, and I swear this time. The only difference, like literally, I think the only difference is that Haku and Thomas switch sides. Yeah. It's like clearly from the same it's thing and everything like that. They're wearing the same shit. Brain, and- brain's basically like, I'm tired of all this shit. <laughs> it's, it's like, I am too. I know. He's like, I'm tired of hearing about Matilda. Yeah, so are we, yeah, Brain. It's like, can you just wear the dog outfit at WrestleMania 4 and be done with it? Well, that's because the thing, Quinn, like, the feud was horrible. It was so long, too. And it, Yeah, and it's unfortunate because these are two great tag teams. They are. And they're, to be fair. Yeah, and they're doing this instead of something better. It's just, it, Why it, couldn't it just be who's the best tag team? Like, that's an easy, know. really good story. And then line. the winner faces the winner of the, the tag match. Yeah, why not say the tag title is, uh, the shot is on the line at WrestleMania 4? Right, because this Not were, fucking Matilda. Imagine if it was just the Bulldogs and Islanders without this gimmick, without Bobby in there. Why is Coco involved? Give him something to do, I guess. But I've always assumed it was because he has a pet, too. I think you're actually right. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, like, that's, that's literally why I thought he was here. I think that's probably why. It's like, oh, there's an animal with him. Why wasn't Jake there, too? They yeah. could And Ricky Steamboat. It's true. He's got his son. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No, the, well, he's the, got Komodo the Komodo dragon. dragon. I'm kidding, Quinn. The, the little dragon, too. Yeah, a bunch of little dragons. Anyway, we're also going to see at WrestleMania 4, Honky Tonk Man defending his icy title against Brutus Beefcake. Brutus cuts like an awful nine-second promo. He's like, I, I'm going to win. It's like haircuts. And, <laughs> and Honky's like, I ain't getting no haircut. Yeah, because tunes or I something. I got to play my tunes. Yeah, I, I, right? I, that, that was so brief, all of that. Like, awful. For- yeah, it makes you realize that like nobody cared about this. Feud. No, no, no. Yeah. But I still think Honky is against getting haircuts because have you seen his hair lately, Quinn? It's like a dead skunk on his neck. Well, maybe maybe he has a thing against haircuts. It's possible. Maybe. Some people have an aversion. He's just like, you know what? I'm just I'm retired from wrestling, Fuck so you. like I can just yeah, my hair can be as long as I want. He is a straight shooter. I like that about Ray, Ray Ferris. What's his name? Wayne Ferris. You know, every shoot interview I've ever seen with him, he's good. I, I think, like yeah, him. I think he's pretty straightforward. I don't think he's has he an agenda. Yeah, he's great. Like, I think he's all right. How is it that honky tonk man? Like, I, for all these years, but like over time, it's I like know. you realize like 
the guy, the real life guy, is good. He, he the knew wrestler what he was doing. Good. Like everything about him is good. He was in the business to make money and 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 get out of it, and he did it. I yeah. mean, can't fault the guy for that. No offense, like we think he overstayed his welcome, but ultimately he was like in the mainstream for like ten years, and that's it because he like left in like ninety six or ninety seven. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it wasn't that long no. into like annals of wrestling. Not at all. Yeah. All right, so. Right now, runs down the WrestleMania celebrities, including Mr. Baseball, that great 220 hitter. Yeah, that was funny that he brought. Like, and he said that straight. Like, yeah, he didn't even like. Yeah, oh, that great 220 hitter, and then he's just like, and also Robin Leach. Yeah, like, it's like what? That was good. The guest ring announcer, Mr. Baseball, that great 220 hitter. Craig Minervini actually is now a baseball commentator, which right. is funny. So he you knows know, a thing or two Marlins. about 220 hitters. Yeah. Then we get a rundown of the brackets under very good music. Did yeah, you like that music? Very well, like Jim Johnston, funky jazz. Yep. Uh, you know the brackets, folks. But in case you don't, we got Doug and DiBiase, mm-hmm. Morocco Bravo, Steamboat Valentine, Savage Reed, Bam Bam Gang, Snake and Rude, and of course Hawk and Andre are going to have a bye to the second round. Preferential treatment, as yep. Gorilla would say. Promo with Savage and Liz, who says she's going to be there with him. That's the promo. Oh, Randy, I'll be there. That's like, like she did. Like that's it's all weird it is. because you know what? A lot of insert promos like this that were filmed in a different location, they mm-hmm. never really show Liz. Not as much. It's yeah. During sometimes this time period. I mean, it's yeah. usually like Macho Man by himself. So it's like odd that he's like, come in here, Liz. Come in here. I'm like, yeah, yeah well, I'm a kind of gentle or macho man. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Valentine and Jimmy Hart just want the damn world title, they say. I like this promo. I do too. Valentine's like, I've had the Intercontinental title, I've had the tag title, now I'm going to get my last title. Yeah, yeah, fine. And Jimmy's like, yeah, baby, it's the only one that I haven't had either. Yeah. Makes it, sense. It's true. And uh, his hair, though, looks particularly awful. Valentine's, it yeah. was very, like, pointy. It's actually weird to think that Valentine's promo makes a lot of sense here in, in the sense that, like, he has something to fight for here because he really can like yeah. win the triple crown and like, Jimmy it's, too. Like it's, he has a legitimate shot. Yeah, like, and Jimmy even had the ladies tag titles. Jimmy right. had a lot of belts, right? But not the world. Not the world. Uh, Robin Leach now sits on a leather couch and invites us to WrestleMania four uh, to ringside. Now Vince, what is this? Vince, Come on. <laughs> Vince ran down. A lot of stuff at the top of the show, right? Yes. So you figure that's everything, because that was a lot of stuff. Right. But no, it's the unadvertised Dino Bravo. Seriously, like, this was going so well. Like, nobody cares. Like, literally, they they don't even sweeten this. Like, nobody gives a shit. Like, why is he fucking here? I don't know. How does he always weasel his way in? Like, it's unbelievable. I I love it. Uh, So anyway, here, it's it's short, at least. His opponent is Johnny Stewart. Frenchie Martin gets on the mic, says something about Gil Fish Croissant. or something. This literally doesn't matter. Like, this is so pointless. Bruno talks. He says, oh, what a clothesliner. Uh, Vince and Jesse continue to argue about the bench press from January, Quinn. <sighs> I just want to go to sleep. God, horrible. Insert promo from a very sweaty Don Morocco who says he's fucking winning this tournament. Yeah. Fuck you. He doesn't even talk about Dino Bravo. <laughs> no. he just, he's, he's I'm just winning like, the I'm whole winning. thing. It's like, hey, man, I was the Intercontinental Champion. Fuck it. I'm yeah. going to win this shit. A lot of credible yeah, contenders like, in this. Honestly, you never realize there's a lot of credible contenders and and Dino Bravo in this tournament. <laughs> yeah, look, Valentine, Sav, Butch, I don't know about Butch Reed, maybe not. Yeah, maybe. One Man Gang, though, who had been on a roll. Yeah, he's good. Bam Bam had been on a roll. Snake Man. Right. Rude, uh, I don't know. Rude hadn't done much. Right, but, and Dino Bravo. And Dino Bravo. Uh, Bruno talks one last time here about how Morocco can win against Bravo with the pile driver. The last time we ever hear from Bruno in the history of WF, um, other than when he comes back in like 2018 or I, something. <laughs> like, uh, 17 or whatever the hell. I think he does some primetime commentary on the next episode, which is like two days from now, and that's it. Yeah, Wow. He's done. That's a very, very long absence. Very, very long time, Vince. Very. Very. Very, very Vince. Uh, nothing about condition, nothing about that on this show. Uh, slide... <laughs> 
<laughs> this is great. Bruno hit uh, Bravo, excuse me, hits his side slam finisher, and his this music is so good. His music starts playing before the three count. Mid pin. It's like even the fucking sound guy wants him out of there. Just like yeah, good. They don't even show the replay because literally, who cares? Like, <laughs> like they're just they play his music halfway through it being the pin. Yeah, and, and they it. don't show a replay. They're just like, oh, bye. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and here's Craig. Yeah. Like, like, who cares about this? <laughs> so to send it home here, we uh, have Craig with Brutus Beefcake. Brutus, another promo with Brutus. He says that he wants to be the Intercontinental Champion and the best barber in the world, and that he'll be <laughs> dedicating a haircut to Vanna White. That's really very like that, that was funny. That, yeah. And uh, now we hear from Honky Tonk Man, who says Beefcake is not cutting off the ducktail. Uh, next- not cutting off the ducktail. That's amazing. <laughs> ducktail. Uh, next week, Quinn, the Honky Tonk Man, One Man Gang, Strike Force, Coco Beware, Gladys Knight and the Pips. That was weird, right? Vince is just like, oh, Gladys Knight and Pips are going to be here. Like, excuse me? What? We didn't get no Pips. I don't remember the Pips. I never saw no Pips. I don't yeah, know I no Pips. I remember Gladys, but yeah, Gladys, I don't remember the Pips. No Pips. I don't remember no Pips. Promo with Bobby Heenan and... This was so <laughs> random. Yeah, and Harley Race. Yeah. To hype up, like we said, tonight's very bit, very good starting this main event, by the right. way. This one's excellent. But why did... Like, they didn't talk about this at all, though. I didn't no. Even, I wouldn't have even known it's tonight unless I, like, watched the tail end here. Yeah. That's like 30 seconds right. of the show. And they hype up this big Harley Race Hulk Hogan match. Yes, Harley Hogan. This is the one where Harley takes a table bump. Yeah. Why Why were they not talking about this? Like, they, they should have been like, oh, by the way, there's two more fucking hours yeah. of wrestling tonight, in case you didn't know. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. They don't even mention it. Well, maybe they had their, their promo for that was done elsewhere. Maybe yeah. on cable and on other things. Yeah. I don't know. But, man, that what a good Saturday Night's Main event this is. Really right, good one. Is. Savage DiBiase is on it. Uh, Valentine Beefcake. It's great. And, and it's the a Hogan, great show. Hogan race. Uh, and that's it. Har- Harley's like, I'm going to take Hogan out of wrestling, buddy. And uh, Vince signs off. And that is all, Quinn. Great show. Great superstars, excellent, right? Excellent episode. It encapsulated everything that was good, everything that was right, everything that made sense about WWF superstars during that period of time. I have absolutely nothing to complain about with it. Nope. I thought it was a fantastic show. It's it's why we love WF so much. Yep, because it built to what they had going on at the time. It built to WrestleMania 4. It mm-hmm. built uh, all the current storylines and wrestlers and angles. So many things, and nothing felt tired, except the fucking Matilda thing. Well, Dino Bravo. And <laughs> that was just to remind you that he existed. how he sneaked into that show. It's amazing. Like, he had nothing to do with anything. No, he was just right? there at the tail. Well, because yeah. remember, their last thing they do is always like the throwaway. It's kind of like superstars. the end of SNL when they have like yep. the, the weird sketch that like everyone's like, what is this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but overall, Quinn, great little snapshot in uh, 1988 WWF. Excellent stuff. Like we said, some comfort food. See, and for those of you, again, saying that we don't do stuff that we like, it's mainly that one guy, Chris Morale on Twitter. Well, we do here's, stuff here's that a, we like. Yeah. Positive show. And here. we don't always try to look for crap. We like to look for good things. Anyway, that was uh, WWF Superstars from March 12th, 1988. And this has been yet another episode of the world of retro wrestling, OVP style. Thank you guys for being with us. And again, if you were off today, hope you had a nice three-day weekend. If you weren't, hopefully we're helping your day go by faster. Uh, In the meantime, we'll be back next week. Until then, check us out on Twitter if you haven't yet, as we have the quest to get to 10,000. Follow us there at OVP Podcast. You can also email us, ovppodcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group and honestly i encourage you to at least check out the patreon patreon.com slash ovp podcast see if you like it but until next week i'm joe morata that's michael quinn and we are out of here see ya
were some words about some action this weekend. Hey, Hogan, you oiling your knees? Putting that three and one in your spine? Because this weekend, you're going to be bowing, you're going to be bending, and you'll be showing proper respect for the king, just like you did Andre the Giant. And you're going to do it once again for the king, Harley Race. Let me tell you this, Hogan. Andre broke you. I'm taking you out of wrestling.